Welcome to the RAB Poetry Podcast, where we bring you the stories behind the words, where every poem has a story behind it. Our podcast is a journey through the hearts and minds of poets as we delve into the inspirations, struggles, and triumphs that fuel their work. In each episode, we'll feature a poem, sharing the underlying stories and reciting the most powerful and moving pieces. From various poems on wide variety of topics and rising poets and authors, our podcast is the perfect companion for anyone who loves poetry and the power of words. Whether you're a seasoned poetry enthusiast or just getting started, you'll find something to love on the RAB Poetry Podcast. So tune in and let the stories of our poets take you on a journey of inspiration and emotion. Listen to the REB Poetry Podcast, available on all major platforms now. Welcome to Fandom Power. Hello there. Welcome back, folks. What's up? <laughs> Hope you're all having a wonderful civic holiday weekend. Is that what it is? Or had, I guess that's depending when you listen to this. Those of you who live in Ontario, it's the civic weekend. I think, uh, Hank, in Halifax, what is it? Natal Day. Anal Day. Or natal, natal Day. Natal yeah. Day. Yes, yes. Natal. I'm having a little technical difficulty. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a... Um, I'm working. <laughs> So it's uh, it's a holiday. I don't think the banks are open. It might be hard to get into a liquor store before nine a.m. I think every province, that, every province has so, a has a holiday this weekend. Uh, so depending on where you are, yeah. happy uh, August long weekend wherever you are. Perfect. Was it Dominion Day when we were in high school? Uh, at one time it was. Yeah, I think so. I think it was. Yeah. I want to say a uh, heartfelt welcome to uh, our good friend of the show, Eric Swenson, who is here in person. I have a physical body. Now that we are uh, able to uh, co-mingle again in uh, limited numbers. So welcome to the show, sir. It's good to socialize with live human beings. <laughs> this week, we're at uh, episode... Our episode 13, their episode yeah, 14. 14. Andy uh, did such a good job last week that he's in the hot seat again this week. <laughs> Mainly because I have some life stuff going on. So again, I was not able to uh, to put all the stuff together. So once again, thank you gentlemen for picking up my slack. No worries. The show must go on. It must. <laughs> life uh, uh, finds a way. It does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this week we're talking about episode 14, War Mantle. It's got a runtime of 25 minutes and 11 seconds without credits or 29 minutes all in. This one is directed by Stuart Lee, who we know is no stranger to the franchise, having directed Clone Wars, uh, Resistance, and Rebels episodes, and with this one, six episodes of The Bad Batch. Good for him. Yeah. It is written this week by Damani Johnson, which is a new name that we've not yet seen in the credits. Johnson is new to Star Wars, but not the genre, having been the co-executive producer on 10 episodes of Star Trek Picard. Oh, we got a we got a line crosser. We got a jumper. <laughs> we got a jumper. Let's let's squeeze the best parts of that out of there then mm. and use them for our advantage, yeah. Exactly. Uh so the synopsis this week reads after receiving a mysterious distress call, the batch tracks it to a secret facility. 
I love this episode. I'm just going to put it out there right now. I love this episode, like, in a giddy schoolgirl kind of way. <laughs> I had a fan text me, actually, you know, friend fan, but a, yeah, yeah. a fan of the show text me and said, in, in the to quote my favorite podcast, best show ever. Best show ever. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, yeah, no, it was Believe one it. hell of an episode. Uh, yeah, it was. We talked last week about how we, we accept, genu- uh, generally speaking, that Every animated show that Filoni has been involved with is just a different chapter of the same book. And man, does this ever feel... If you thought that we were connecting the dots with the uh, two episodes on Ryloth, this takes us one step even closer to Rebels than I think we did with Hera. Yeah, it it really does. It's such a smooth transition. You know, know, it's very quick in terms of the, the time that takes place in, in galaxy, but yep. it's such a smooth transition and you can actually, you know, you walk smoothly up that ramp and see that the helmets change and the armor change and the blaster types change and the, yep. even the sound effects change. And it's, it's, it's hit man. I, and I actually think that they're getting exponentially better with their lighting and animation episode by episode. But this one that had some that, vistas on that planet that yeah, were yeah, yeah. outstanding. I, I will agree with you on that. The, uh, very rarely do I talk about the animation style. We all know the style. You either love it or you hate it. And if you're watching our show, presumably you love it. But, you know, if there is any detractors uh, that I've heard sort of outside of the fan circles is that people don't like the animation style. Hmm. That I was thinking about this as I was watching it. It's like, you know, go back and think about the first fully CGI'd TV show you watch. And I'm like, well, Beast Wars? Starship or, Troopers. Or, Oh, so I'm thinking further than that. I'm thinking Beast Wars Re- or Reboot. Reboot, yeah. <laughs> Reboot. So Reboot. when you when you watch an episode of The Bad Batch and you contrast that up against even the last season of Reboot, it, there it's light years ahead. Oh, it's funny to go back and like I watched that. Like I said before, we press record and watch that episode with Gregor from like 15 years ago or 10 years ago, <laughs> and the, the, yeah, just the yeah, level yeah. of that animation is is crazy. <clears throat> you know quantum leap i think that was a season season five episode that uh, maybe yeah so it's actually it's it's not that far back really when you think the grand scheme we had a a few year gap right that's true that is true yeah maybe maybe five six years but wow yeah just i think it's just one of those things where people are generally resistant when there's different animation styles like anytime you see new a new show come up that's using an old property that's animated differently oh, everyone well, just yeah kinda, you yeah. know you hit that and resistance I, point and oof. it's true and i heard the sort of the almost the opposite criticism of of the the new masters of the universe where they weren't so critical like you know all the toxic stuff that's yeah. going on yeah right now, it's but getting they weren't bombed, so critical of the terrible. story or any of those beats but they were critical they were like it's 2021 couldn't we have had better animation and that was their only critique of of the show is that that they didn't feel like that was up to 2021 snuff. Oh, I, and so, I, but when you I'm look sorry. at the level of stuff that's going on in Clone Wars, yeah, yeah, or uh, sorry, uh, the Bad Batch, and you go, well, if you applied that to almost, no, you said it right the first time. Uh, yeah. what, that the joke uh, I saw a meme not too long ago. Uh, there was a a photo of the the Bad Batch logo with a big X through it, and then below it was like Clone Wars season eight. <laughs> no it's true it is very much so or rebels season zero yeah (laughs) oh so many but so many uh so much potential in either of those thought processes (laughs) 
So you guys had said last week, you know, how are we going to get to all these loose hanging plot threads? Yeah, and I know. Holy, did they grab a hold of a bunch? Yeah, yeah. There is. There's quite a few, them. yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised. It's funny, too. Again, I'm not to pat myself on the back, but conversations that we've had on our show about, like, things that we would like to see, and this week delivered on, like, what about these other people that we know are out in the galaxy? And uh, we deliver on that one in a major way this week. Yeah. This week, we open with a shot on a dark, unnamed planet, and right off the top, I can't help but draw parallels to another classic sci-fi film, as the mountainous rock formations of this planet heavily resemble the Devil's Tower, as seen in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, you know what? Yeah, absolutely they do. So that was directed by Spielberg, and that's not the only nod we get. So... uh, I have another Spielberg nod coming right up. At yes. You. That's a great grab. <laughs> yes, I was actually is. thinking about the, the, the planet itself beside other than if you like deforested the planet, I kind of thought it reminded me just a little bit of Geonosis. A little bit. With all the rock yeah, formations. Yeah. yeah. It's like, plant. it's like they took the, like the hoodoos from China that you see and then just put like an evergreen forest. on. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Very cool looking planet. I never made the close encounter connection though, but that's fantastic. I oh, quite there's like another that. one coming up. I think you'll enjoy too. I think I might have the same one that you're thinking Wicked. of there. Hank, so, uh, yeah, we get uh, a fly down shot to the surface of the planet and it looks a little bit endorish mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as they're uh, going through. And what's described as an exotic bird flies through the jungle and lands on a branch. I didn't get what species this bird was. I couldn't tell but, you either, uh, but I almost felt like it was just like a little uh, a little piece of connective tissue to remind us of the last episode with the, uh, the insects. Like, this is where we came from as it lands, and this is where we're going into the mountain. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. So, uh, just as it lands, a soldier comes running through the scene, and he's being pursued by other troopers with flashlights and massives on leashes. Massives. Now... Nice. We, yeah. We've talked about massives before. We have. Is this the? This is not the first time that we've seen them used as uh, as no. hunting animals. No. Yeah. And I got a, I got some info coming up on that in a second here. Uh, but uh, this scene here. This scene here. Yes. Oh my lord! Now uh, that you're saying it, I see it. Straight out of ET. Yeah. 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 yeah I was going right there. Another Spielberg yes, classic. So. Uh, Here's our ET chase over here. Absolutely, yeah. And the yeah, parallels man. are huge there. Oh, uh, I'm so glad we're on the same page like that, man. That's that is awesome. I'm glad I'm catching up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these aren't our only two nods this episode. We no. get a whole bunch more. Oh um, man! But before we move on, let's talk about those massives for a second. Uh, you're right. It's not the first time we've seen this reptilian species. They first appeared in Attack of the Clones. Right. But have were. made appearances in The Clone Wars and The Mandalorian. So the, with the first appearance being, and I, that's where I associate them from, is like when Anakin decided that he was going to go uh, on a murder spree. Are they native to Tatooine? Native to Tatooine and Geonosis. Oh, interesting. Well, they are in the same yeah. region of space. Uh, usually, originally found on desert planets. Yeah. And they've been domesticated over time to act as a sort of guard dog by Tusken Raiders Weequay pirates and oh, yeah. clone troopers. Hence the you know the pack the hunting uh, the yeah. hunting dog analogy. So, uh, yeah. Here we see the scene from Mandalorian there where he you know clearly dog he's, whisperers. Uh, yeah, I was thing. gonna say yeah. Yeah, well, I always got the impression that he knew that dog from before that massive from before. <laughs> it's possible. You know if you know when you see a dog and haven't seen it in a few years and it it's you know at first it's like and then it's like oh it's you yeah 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 yeah. It's yeah. kind of the impression I got from that scene. I don't sure. think he had a dog treat in his pocket. 
No, exactly. Like no, that, I, that, I, I always sort of personal. equated that to a Mick Dundee type of thing. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, possible. Yeah, like this. Out of the way, Dobie! Animal control. Did he give him the, uh, the, the pinky finger thumb <laughs> trick? Hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, they translate nicely from live action to No, they really animation. do, yeah. Yeah, they really, really do. Well, when you're starting with a CGI model in the first place. That's true. That's true. I guess they could just dial up ILM and say, can we borrow you your... Just turn down the resolution a bit, resaturate the colors. Can we get your wireframe model? We need that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as we continue on, the clone trooper stops to catch his breath, but the massives have caught up and he quickly activates a device and runs on into the night. He is soon hit by a stun blast, but apparently he doesn't take all of it because he continues to limp forward. Then he is hit by another, and this one takes him down. He's quickly surrounded by the Massifs, and the troops drag him away. This is the first time in Star Wars we've seen people not go down at the first uh, bolt, uh, stun bolt. Yeah, It's really cool. It was one of my favorite little... It's so innocuous, but like... It adds, like, if I was ever going to do a, a, an RPG game again, I yeah. would certainly utilize that element. It's almost like you, the percentage of the circle of the thing is the percentage with which you get stunned when you sort of, like, grazed by a small the other thing to, degree of it. Stay on that uh, line of thought for a second, Hank, because we, we'd really like to go back to RPG sort of nuts and bolts and mechanics and how things work. Is this another, uh, is this a visual representation that armor is actually providing some protection i think so plus he's got that next level that too right commando armor yeah yeah you know which in my head canon it was always somewhere between regular clone armor and beskar yeah 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 you know extra tough but not as tough a cut above so and and it certainly lends its itself to the idea that you know you could roll a one or a 20 uh, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Have you know like a gradient scale of damage? That's there. right. Yeah. It's it's more realistic. He just got winged by that thing. Where when we see Leia get it, she gets it square on. Square her on, her. yeah. And she doesn't have any armor. Well, this is it too. I'm thinking like in the number of times we've seen people in the films who have actually been hit with a stun bolt and they just like sack of potatoes. And I'm like, well, right. Leia for sure. Grogu. Grogu as well. Um, just a little one. Is there any other like movie stuns that were? That I'm missing? Not in the movies so much. You see it in some of the games. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's been used the most heavily in this in this series. Big um, time, yeah, because the batch every, just single don't, every yeah, they, they don't kill. Except Wrecker. Except for Wrecker on, in this episode. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Wrecker just goes for the kill. Wrecker lives kinda, up to his name. <laughs> yeah. Fucking right. S- slightly more humorously, like this comes up later in the episode, but this might also be the first instance of, you know, not as well trained. He doesn't. He doesn't hit him. He he clips him. The uh, the TK troopers. That's, That's a good true. Point. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's yeah, good, yeah. That is a good point. I had yeah. mentioned that in the chat yesterday. We have some. Like, yeah, we had yeah. some. When outside you're conscripting the show. from you know ten quadrillion is what we we decided the the uh, galactic population. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if the if the human contingent of that is only a percentage, you're still talking trillions, and therefore, literally, well, not literally. I mean, that's wrong, but ostensibly infinite amounts of stormtroopers. As he says, a, the know, line like, comes so up later and he said does. there's an unlimited supply. A supply, mm. yeah, yeah. Right, and to get them into service as quick as possible, you're, you're literally going, here's a rifle, shoot at the target, check the box. Yeah, yeah, condensed <laughs> yeah. training into, times. Into the yeah. field, right? Yeah. Pick right. up your stuff, so, move yeah, down it, the line. It, it, it really... 
<laughs> just that minor thing that stormtroopers can't hit nothing it lends like it's the genesis of that like, yeah I this love, is, this I is the first stuff. hilariously inaccurate shot by a stormtrooper exactly or or the last good shot by a stormtrooper it could <laughs> be the good yeah yeah and yet by the time we get to the mandalorian the remnant troops apparently can can bullseye a flea off a womp rat's ass well it's on a well, they've been on a practicing curve. for 20 years. <laughs> those I mean, guys, those guys are angry, uh, though. Getting paid to shoot and, and <laughs> oh, having yeah. to shoot for your life is probably a big difference. I just figured they were more angry. Maybe. <laughs> or, or all of the bad ones have been weeded out by now. Mm. True yeah, enough, yeah. yeah. Only the good ones have survived so far. <laughs> yep. So we cut to hyperspace and we find the Havoc Marauder on course to their next mission. We see Omega continuing to work on Gonky and Hunter spinning his knife to pass the time. Omega hasn't given up hope on Gonky yet. She's going to fix She's still working on him, even though, you know, she acknowledges what she say in the one episode. She's like, it's okay. We're defective, We're defective too. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they're still all working on themselves as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, they are. And aren't we all working on ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't but, that what this last year has taught us? But uh, Omega takes notice of uh, Hunter spinning his knife, and she tries to mimic the action. Using the tool that she's yeah, holding. Yeah, with her tool. So again, just going back to that, she's always watching and she's the funny always though learning. that if you did you really dial in on her hand? Yeah, because she's trying see, to do she the was twist. much slower, but she was getting it. Yeah. So I thought, oh that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that's yeah, it's kinda neat. Yeah. Just then uh, the batch is hailed on the comms by Rex and Hunter and Omega join the others in the cockpit and the hologram comes up and uh Rex tells them he needs their help. He's yeah. received a distress signal from a clone trooper. But he can't get there to retrieve him. Did anybody else think it? You know, this might have been the uh, the wolf story. Maybe anybody else think that that's what he's doing right now while the batch goes off to do this thing. Well, that's possible, or something. Certainly, he's what we speculated a few episodes back. He's running around and he's liberating. This, uh, clones yeah, yeah, yeah. Activating clones. He's a like, he's the Morpheus of this universe right now. One hundred percent running that's around waking waking people up. And in this scene, there's something going on here because he's not just at a desk relaxing. No, because I mean, what he's he in duress. He's on the move. He cuts his message short to to he's in the middle of combat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's giving off a very very Assassin's Creed type vibe. Yeah, Hunter inquires to him, "You want us to recover a reg?" And Rex tells him he's an old friend and he's in trouble. I need you to get him out. Hunter asks. In what? And before Rex can give any more information, a beeping goes off, and Rex says, I'm sending you a signal. I'll be in touch. Yep. And then off and he goes. And that's it. Yeah. Off he mm-hmm. goes to his adventure. Feet don't fail me now. Yep. And Once then, again, orbiting so close to Ahsoka Tano. Yep. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, you can man, almost picture like, her just like out, outside of frame. Us, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Tech tells them that the distress signal was sent by CC5576, and it oh, originated boy. from a planet called Darrow. And anybody who's been following the uh, Filoni verse, if you're, uh, you know, if you're like us, and and of course I always I'm a sucker. Like if a clone has a name, they've they're uh, they have some importance to to the show. And if you've been following sort of the naming convention and and the numerical convention as well, then you already know who this is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, for the rest of us who haven't watched Rebels yet, you'll get there. I know. Darrow is a terrestrial planet in the Outer Rim, and there are no known settlements or installations there. Hunter questions what this clone is doing way out there, but Echo snaps, does it matter? And this isn't the first time we've seen that uh, rift between Echo and the others. No, no, absolutely not. 
and you know he still got that loyalty to his regular clone brothers where the idea of uh you know a soldier is a soldier yeah i actually yeah. feel like they finally gave echo his voice back in this episode they do i think right? so he, as well yeah he's like he, he chirps a little in the other episodes he's got minor you know he pulls out his scomp link and does a little thing but i actually feel like they they gave him back his character in this episode yeah Hunter says it wouldn't be the first time they've gone on a mission with limited intel, but this could be a stretch. And Echo retorts, Rex wouldn't ask for help if it wasn't urgent. Right. And to break the tension here, Wrecker chimes in, Echo's got a point. Oh, yeah. And this, I love this well, part. as long as Wrecker's thinking going. clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Tech reminds them that we're in the middle of a job for Sid, and if they don't complete it, we don't get paid. No money means no food, to which Wrecker chimes in again, Tech's got a point. Well, he's got a point. <laughs> And uh, then Omega, she says, you know, but Rex's friend is in trouble, and that's more important than getting paid. And one more time, Wrecker's like, the kid's got a point. <laughs> so everybody's Moral got compass a... snaps to north. Why yep. does everybody have a point? <laughs> and uh, at this point, Hunter locks eyes with Echo, and Echo leans forward like, you know, what are you going to do? And he says, fine, we'll check things out, but I don't like it. So that's fair. On Hunter's part, is this simply a strategy issue, or is it, you know, a deeper mistrust of regs in the post-Order 66 galaxy? I don't think so. I think, you know, given that it is that it is Rex, and Rex and Hunter do have a, a personal relationship based on what happened on Bracca, Yeah, I think it's just, you know, the, uh, the spidey sense as a, you know, as the leader of this squad, my spider sense is tingling for all of us. Yeah. Not because I have an innate distrust. Fair enough. So we switch to a shot of Camino, and there are at least three Venator-class Star Destroyers hovering while multiple ships leave the facility and head towards them. Yeah, this is very different, actually, because we've never actually seen... We always see Camino, or we see the, the Star Destroyers in high orbit, but we've never... Yeah. This is sitting this is right there. They, they, you, nobody leaves Camino now or gets in without... Like, you know, this is the... It, the, the noose is so tight now. And we're about to see it just almost snap closed. I didn't get the... I'm looking at the image now, and it reminds me of the final image of... Um, Rise Revenge, of Skywalker, No, Reven Revenge of the Sith, because up until that point, the Venator had the, the, the blazoned red striping. And in right. that final scene on uh, Revenge of the Sith, as uh, Tarkin and the Emperor and Vader are, are watching the, the skeleton of the... That Venator is pure battleship gray, like a traditional Imperial Star Destroyer. And I can see yeah. that these ones are in the same vein. They're no color. Yeah. I mean, the, right. the color palette of Kamino is, is obviously pretty washed, but, you know, those are pretty, uh, pretty mute. Yeah. To me, it had uh, a little bit of the vibe from Rise of Skywalker, you know, where they're all just... Oh, uh, coming out of Exegol. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can see that too. Lightning flashing and... Very ominous. We never see Camino in any other state, but like brainstorm you know, always. To to quote, uh, what is it, Robin Williams? Uh, wet and shitty. <laughs> so if you if you uh, maybe this will be one of the posts this week, but if you uh, do a little Wikipedia on Camino, it wasn't like this always. It was lush and l there was land, and the Kaminoans actually didn't even look like this originally, and right, they experimented right. on themselves, and this is the result of that. Uh, hmm. their world being destroyed and them forcing themselves to adapt to it. It's kind of a neat post, neat uh, article, actually, yeah. Cool. Neat. Inside the hangar, we see Admiral Rampart overseeing multiple ships being loading with various items, and it definitely feels like, you know, we're packing up and moving out here. Yeah. And I'm not sure what all the ships are in here, 
but there's a couple LAAT gunships as well. I was looking, so I saw the LAATs, and then I'm looking at whatever it is in the background, and I'm like, what class of vessel is that? At first, I thought it was like maybe a new class shuttle, but there's something going on there that I can't quite peg. I don't know what the, I honestly am at a loss. It looks a lot like the Lambda class, that swooped front. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless it's a new, uh, the NU class without the without the prefab, the garrison thing on the bottom. It could be. And it they just be. sit naturally higher because of that, the way the cockpit hangs down like a big chin. I don't know. If anybody can figure that out, let us know. <laughs> yeah. So Crosshair approaches Rampart and tells him that they're ahead of schedule. And Rampart says, good. He wants every viable clone mobilized. And behind them, Lamassu stops and watches. Crosshair asks, and the Kaminoans? But Rampart replies, we have our orders. Keep an eye on them until the time is right. We then switch to a shot of the hallway yep. where we find Nalase escorting a batch of young clones out. One of the clones asks, isn't leaving the facility against protocol? But Nalase ensures him that his training will continue elsewhere. Yeah, because he raises some concerns about, are we, we're still going to be soldiers, right? Yeah. And she gives him that reassurance of that's what you were made for. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my my big question is, in light of what happens later on in the episode, is did these uh, six kids, did they make it out with the, the guy who is clearly escorting them with her? Because he stops with them when they stop to talk to. Yeah. But as the kids are uh, are shuffled off, he goes with them. Yeah. Did they make it out? I would assume so. I don't know. They seem to be viable clones. Now the question <laughs> is, did because clearly she's talking about getting them out. Yeah. Did they leave on one of those Venators, or did they leave some other way? I would assume the Venator, but uh, I, I assume only because of what happens later. Yeah. I yeah, assume okay. we're going to see them later, because it's another one of those, like, if a clone has a name, well, if a background character has a speaking part. Maybe. Maybe. I know that we've talked uh, outside of the show about how the, the youth clones at various times throughout the saga have risen up and have, you know, shone and had their moments where even these young, inexperienced kids are still capable of doing, like, incredible things. So no, they're being trained true. from birth, in, right? In the chat, we kind of had spoke about possibly, like, some heroic moment where these are the, the six kids that, uh, you know, maybe rescue Nala Say from, yeah, maybe. from the Empire, perhaps. But it's it's probably more likely, like just story beats. And this is just to remind us that there are levels to this. Yep. Yep. Right. Like that, there are still clones being produced. Yeah. And that 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 the culling is going to go very deep when it does happen. But I think more likely that because she's told them to go wait for her, and then what happens to her later in the episode, that they probably just get assimilated back into the the fold and go back into their or whatever's going to happen to them anyway will now happen. Right. 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 Um, Negative or positive, but it's probably so more that, negative. In that whole blur of like, we're not a hundred percent sure how much time has transpired over the course of the the season, whether it's we, a, weeks yeah. or months. But right. we we do know from those early episodes on Camino that the cloning operation was still in full swing. Yeah, presumably right up until now. So right. I mean, yeah. like the yes. the, po- yeah. the 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 vats to quote Sid or the tubes, you know, are still full of like genetic material, whether it's yeah, fetuses, uh, you know, neonates or whatever, right? Still no, cranking out. I, I, I would agree with that. I would agree yeah. with that. So, so I mean, like, yeah, very, like, you know, and these could be the last of that. The yeah, last ones yeah, to yeah. get out of you the know, tube. That have shoved through the system. Yeah, yeah. 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 So as they're walking down, though, they encounter uh, Lamassu, and 
he's like, you know, come here. So Nalase hurries the young clones along, assuring them that she will join them later. But uh, Lamasu ushers her into a secure room mm. and once alone informs her that the Empire has canceled all their contracts. Right. But Nalase states, you know, uh, with their success with the clone army, it's known galaxy wide. There should be other clients out there that want us. But Lamasu says uh, the Empire is not like the Republic. And they have empowered them to their own detriment. He yeah, fears, that's a great line. Yeah. He fears the Empire will destroy them rather than let them continue their operations. And they must leave to ensure their survival. Do you remember, like, we've been talking, like, early on. Remember that there, there was this talk about their contingency? Yes. So, again, I'm going to circle back to that because now I'm like... Well, what the hell? You you talk about having this contingency in our in our next phase, and I presume it's the whole Omega is supposed to be the next level of clone, but it's like, you guys were so stupid that you didn't build in a fail-safe? Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just, oh. again, I think that, again, the, the off-camera fail-safe uh, was Order 65. Yeah and, yeah, and therefore trumped by, by Palpatine. I, I guess, yeah. Weird that they, I see, and that that idea that they wrote in an order, you know, in a number numerical sequence that it's probably just legends convention, you know, maybe, realistically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but the idea that there was an order 65 and you can look it up on Wikipedia and that's that in the event of the opposite thing happening, that the, the clones would turn on the Senate. Yeah. You know, they would, they, yeah, they would yeah. turn on Palpatine directly and just sort of like the, he trumped them. <laughs> By, by you know they waited like they said they empowered them to their detriment. They, you know, is there a chance that that's it got still... so fast, so quick that they didn't realize? And I, that's a testament to how crafty Palpatine is. Is there a chance how that, subtly he's pulling those strings? Is there a chance that that's still on the books and he knows that? Hence the I need to scramble to make a, a conscripted army to to thwart that. You know, I mean, uh, maybe he's the emperor and he's pretty powerful. But I mean, even yeah. the emperor could not stand tens of thousands of troops at one time. I think the contingency plan hinged on making a new level of clone that would, you know, be indispensable. You know, so we're going to yeah, do yeah. away with the old Django Fett style clones. We're going to make this new clone, and that's going to just secure our position with the Empire. And now they're seeing that that contingency plan is going to utterly fail. Yeah, and they're now they're, you know, they're reacting instead of acting. It does lend itself to sort of a lot of the stuff that's established in legends about how the Empire was bottom dollar cheapest. You know, why TIE fighters have no, they're not pressurized, there's no hyperdrive, there's no shields. It's like, that's right. We, right. Can, we can just churn out as many as we can, and that, that fear, uh, the, the show of force will, will keep right. everything sort of in line. And I think it's the same, right. the same philosophy with the army going forward is we just need as many troops as we can. Yeah. And what you're seeing right now is like they're, they're scooping up volunteers, but very shortly, conscripts. You know, Right. Any any massive battle that puts a dent in those thousand guys they have, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Is going to they're going to have to start stealing babies. Like yeah. we where we, when we get to the Force Awakens and we see Finn having been kidnapped as a child, that's that's literally where this is headed. I see. A, yeah. You know, we'll get to it a little bit later organically, but like you say, a thousand troops, and I'm thinking, well, that's nothing. That's, nothing. That's nothing. Like, how many nothing. of these little secret secret uh, training facilities are out there? <laughs> Got to be a lot yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because given like Sith paranoia and 
empire bureaucracy that I, that they're that they're prone to. You got to wonder how far the rabbit hole goes. And I'm just sitting here thinking of Palpatine going, "Execute Order three hundred and twelve." Yeah, really. No, <laughs> it's very possible. Back in the secure room, he then instructs her, "Gather those who are essential, and he will arrange for their departure." And then we change scenes again. This time we get a shot of the Havoc Marauder coming out of hyperspace on approach to Darrow. Yeah. And uh, it's a nice green planet. Very lush forests and terrain. Yep. Garden planets, uh, man. Uh, no no, uh, no visible signs of inhabitation. Yeah. And... Well, yeah, it, that's a little, you know, such a lush, uh, habitable place is not ha- inhabited. It's very strange. Well, the in- I guess just by sentience. The, you know, the implication I get is that it's so far out of standard you know, star lanes. True. Yeah. That's just, entirely just possible. Cause it is on the yeah, outer useless rim, right? yeah. Everything, uh, you know, weird is in the outer rim. Don't you know that by now? That's where you go live. <laughs> yeah. This has got a uh, secret Jedi or Sith temple written all over it. Though. It definitely could. Yeah. Darrow's a new name too, right? I believe so. There's no, totally, I didn't yeah. find any references for it. Anyways. I didn't either. No. Yeah. So tech informs the batch that he'll bring them in low to avoid detection. And Hunter postures, we're back in a lot on a clone we don't even know. But Echo responds with, Rex trusts him, I trust Rex. And I trust Tech, yeah. he's my man, so hey. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know him, I don't know him, but my guy recommends him, we're in. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of tension going on between these two. Like, you can cut it with a knife at this point. I think so. And they make landfall and depart from the ship in the direction of the signal beacon. And Omega rushes forward. And finds it attached to a log. So, you know, right. she's got them uh, observational skills as well. Got them reconnaissance eyes. Got the recce eyes on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there is no reg to be found in the vicinity. And Hunter removes his helmet to search for signs. He picks up a twig and gives it a sniff and says, we're already too late. The clone was being hunted and was dragged. Just, a, away. just a note on Hunter in this episode. of the Of the few times we've seen him... With his tracking thing where, and the joke was he just picks up a little bit of dirt and sifts it through his fingers. This is the most work he's actually done tracking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is, I guess they show how deep he is at it. Um, yeah, 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 You know, it's he's either touching a footprint before or, like you say, rubbing some dirt. But he, he's connecting a few strings here now. Right, yeah. right. I guess and the thing. to drag point. I don't know where I, I, did I read it or I heard it somewhere. We were talking about his thing and apparently it's. He can he can feel magnetic fields. That's how it's explained that his tracking ability is the way it is. Okay. Yeah. With his mm. nose? No, no. Something that he can actually he can sense the strength of a magnetic field. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I, I, I'm getting very like '90s cartoon era Wolverine out of this. Yeah, I got that too. <laughs> I still call him Rambo, and he he gets the Rambo moment in this episode. There's a crazy too. Rambo moment yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end. Yeah, anybody absolutely. anybody ever been to Hope, British Columbia knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they follow the path, and coming to the edge of the forest, Hunter stops to touch the ground again, sensing that there's something inside the mountain. Tech concurs as his scanner is being jammed, and Wrecker says. You said there was nothing on this planet. Yeah, so much for uninhabited. But Tech delivers his weekly zinger, and uh, that data appears to be inaccurate. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, goggles. (laughs) Yep. So at this point, Hunter instructs Wrecker and Omega to wait on the ship, and she protests, but Hunter insists. Coming here was up for debate, but this is not. 
Yeah, sure. interesting to see him put his foot down like that. Yeah, he, he does it a couple times this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He may have won that game. Maybe. The, yeah, you know, that's funny that you say that because I, I still kind of wonder, like, you know, the whole it's off camera. So it, is he told he... her last episode to stay put, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the two groups split up and head into their destinations. Uh, Hunter again stops and touches the ground. And like Eric had said, this is a very Wolverine type tracking moment because you can tell that a shuttle has landed there. So they're still unsure what's he's, in the mountain. He's good. But there's only one way to find out. There was a shuttle here. It weighed 2.6 tons and it was made of dirt geranium. Yeah. <laughs> there were 13 people on board. So uh, the three of them make the climb and it is very steep, very long climb. And we're given some scale here as we see Hunter, Tech, and Echo climbing the side and they're barely visible. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so like this is a huge, huge thing. Dude, I watched this on a 65-inch screen, and I didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. That's pretty great. The, their ability to to uh, capture scale is incredible in this episode. They or well, in the whole series, they do it. They do it quite often. It's, it's interesting because where that magnification is blown up. I, I at the end of this scene when they come to the top of the hill, I thought they were coming to the top of that ridge down below. Oh, like and uh, they yeah, still had a ways saying. to yeah, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I didn't they're, even see him up there. It's like there. they're climbing the... Uh, the cliffs of insanity! The cliffs of insanity. On my phone, I can't yeah. even see them in the blown up. <laughs> <laughs> so they finally arrive at the top, and they find a huge silo has been built into the mountain. I saw that, and I immediately thought of the uh, the the base that they built. Starkiller base. Yeah. yeah, it was my first impression, too. I'm like, are we doing it this again? Is, a, this is, is this a prototype for that? or <laughs> Are we doing the Death Star again? This is the Maybe. Death Star again before there was the Death Star. Like, <laughs> what are we on here? So they take cover as a ship comes in for a landing, slowly descending into the facility. And they again make their way forward to the very edge, and peering down with binoculars, Echo spies a squad of clone troopers in a hangar partway down the side. Yep. And these things have some good range to them, like he, uh, you know. His binos, yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely, uh, looking at that shot, uh, that's an LAAT on the right side, but that is definitely an, uh, a new, the NU-class shuttle in the middle. Yeah. Agreed, yeah. But uh, he zooms up here and uh, remarks, they've updated their armor. So mm-hmm. new armor officially brings us to the new generation of stormtroopers. So we want to dive in on does the he, evolution of that. Does right he now? talk? Well, I don't know if it, do you have it in your. Uh, I don't know if you caught it in your notes. The the, the note about uh, he see, he spots a couple of commandos, clone commandos, commandos, and some. Uh, I don't. Does he say they're regs? Uh, I, he assumes at this point that they're, they're regs. Yeah, that they're clones, but they've modified. He says they've modified their armor. Yeah. Yeah. And then Hunter's like, let me take a look. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, yeah let's talk about that, because that's a pretty cool evolution. Because aside from the designation of TK, they right. don't actually get called Stormtroopers. No, no. But the credits lists them as Stormtroopers. As Stormtroopers, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very good. So, yeah. So we've... The first thing I noticed was that these are just so close to the Ralph McQuarrie Stormtrooper concepts. Yeah. Uh, that it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just uncannily close. Unmistakable. Uh, looking at that helmet and then of course you know like when we get by the time we get to rebels and we know that rebels was envisioned stylistically as we wanted they wanted to lean into the macquarie concepts and so we actually got a we got another version of that in the uh in the i guess it would be the the training the training armor and and ezra has a, a penchant for sort of collecting helmets 
and the, right. and the first one he collects is this this helmet that kind of looks like the proto stormtrooper helmet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a pretty nice lineage, and you know, uh, I don't think it's too many episodes or, may, or maybe a season away till we get the actual classic stormtrooper. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever paid this much attention to those helmets. That so comically looks like an evil, like Dick Dastardly mustache. <laughs> Yeah, it does. Now that you say that. <laughs> it's like, well, that's a little but I just I love that uh, you know again that whole every show that uh, you know within the every animated show within the Filoni verse is just another chapter of the same book, and now those yeah. chapters are getting closer together. They are. Yeah, yeah. The evolution of uh, of the species. Yeah, and uh, I I really dug this one. I I, I quite liked it. Mm. So Tech says that the mountain makes for a well-fortified base, which is nearly impenetrable. And Hunter says this is no longer a simple extraction. He suggests they head back to the Marauder and leave word for Rex, but Echo stops him and says, what about the mission? And Tech responds with, we don't even know if CC-576 is in there or if he's even alive. Right. And Hunter adds that they're going in blind without any reinforcements. But Echo reminds them that they did the same thing on Skeko Minor when they rescued him. And he would still be trapped there if they hadn't. How true is that? Yeah. yeah. And as you say, talk about Echo getting his voice back. Right, right. And I, I, they've gone in blind on roughly half of the episodes <laughs> this season. Uh, you it's kind of what they do. What was the, uh, the line? Was it last episode where uh, the, the joke was about how Sid likes to omit, Leave out. leaves out details. So, I mean, yeah. they've, <laughs> they've gone in with a certain, you know, the blinders on to some degree on everything yeah. they've done. That's right. Yeah. There's a culture of going in blind. So this should yeah. be a yeah, no yeah. surprise to Hunter. <laughs> I mean, the, the dude might as well be saying, but, but action tropes. Yeah. <laughs> Shh. Don't tell the people that. <laughs> Sorry. Just make the sausage. Go. So Echo then says, if there's a chance there's a trooper being held against his will, they have to try. Yeah. And we cut to Omega and Wrecker in the Marauder, and they're playing some form of, I don't know, dominoes or checkers, perhaps. Yeah, it's some new game anyway. That's very cool. On the gonky table. Again, using gonky as a gaming table, <laughs> On yes. the gonky table. Yeah. And Omega... And Wrecker's inf- right into it, too. Yeah, He's, like, yeah. on the edge of the table going, what do I do? Yeah, Omega informs Wrecker it's still his turn. He responds with, I know, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and Nothing ironic about that at all. Yeah. <laughs> Just then, Hunter comes over the comm and tells them they haven't found the reg, but they did find an Imperial base inside the mountain. Right, and right. goes on to tell them that they're going in, which Omega excitedly says, we'll help. But Hunter shuts that down and says, no, stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. Yeah. You're our backup. He then says that comms will be jammed while they're inside. So keep alert. Mm-hmm. Echo Tech and Hunter jump on the roof of an elevator and ride it down into the base. So, you know, pretty convenient way in. Why but, not? Uh, whatever works. Well, the, the only other way you're getting into a base is that the camera suddenly jumps to a, an air ventilation grate that gets yeah, yeah. kicked out. Right, right. There's mm-hmm. only two ways, either in and out, on top of an elevator yeah. or through the vents. So they jump off and stealthily make their way into the base. They come across a terminal, and Echo uses his scomp link to find the location of the reg that they seek. Right. So there we see him uh, scomped in there, and he remarks, there's some new encryption being used, and it might take a while to get through it. Hunter keeps watch as a group of troops pass by. The lead trooper uses a key card to gain entry to another part of the base. Mm. 
And back with Echo, he tells Tech, this doesn't make any sense. There's 50 clone commandos here and 1,000 1, TK troopers. 1,000 TK troopers, yeah, yeah. That's our first mention, I guess. Of TKs. Yes. Yeah. Which, by the way, does not fit the naming convention that we've used up until now, where CT, clone trooper, CC, clone commando. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. does anybody have any insight on the TK thing? Tarkin killers? I actually thought the T was a reference to Tarkin, and it's the only thing I can come up with. Like that's the only thing that I could come up with. The K almost Tar- killers Tar- is almost. I mean, yeah, I guess Death Stars and Tar- Star Destroyers. So Tarkin, it could be Tarkin, killers. Tarkin Command with a K. Maybe could. could I, mean, I don't know. A, Who knows? Yeah, we're probably stretching. Probably. I, I've never actually looked it up. So. No. Maybe something we could ask the five zero first. Temporary Maybe. conscript. Yeah, yeah. Temporary conscript. Yeah, really. What do you guys think out there? Yeah, in the yeah. Ether? Yeah. So Tech says he's not familiar with the TK designation. Just as Hunter returns to ask how much longer, Echo says he's almost got it, and we get a couple brief flashes of Orabesh here. So uh, did you pull that off? I did pull that off. Jesus Man, boy. again, I'm watching this stuff on a 65-inch screen, and I don't think I caught that one. So can you read Orabesh now, or do you still <laughs> have to do the work? I'm, I'm actually getting, getting there. I'm Are you? getting close. There was a couple too, yeah. times this episode, I'm like, oh, shit, I don't even need to reference my little uh, you just guy. Knew. Yeah, that's pretty good. Short words, taxi, exit, things yeah. like that, stop. I, yeah. I'm like, oh, man, that's freaking me out that I can get those. This, this is the new Klingon. This is where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this first one, though, is kind of interesting because we actually get a couple typos. As the top right here, yeah. or sorry, top left, it reads four, F-O-O-R. F-O-O-R. Yeah. Four. And I find out it's a typo because of the next one. Is it supposed to be floor? It is. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, the large number at the bottom is K-55, so not much there. Yeah. And the two lines on the right give us our second typo as it reads, persoactive view, touch for details. What? I googled the snot out of persoactive. Yeah. Two things came up. One in... Did you mean? <laughs> yeah. One is a reference to something in the, I believe, Quran. Okay. But there's no meaning to it. And another comes up with something referencing a thing in China. But again, no meaning. That's weird. And the only thing I could think of was because the O and the P are so close on the keyboard. Perspective? Perspective view. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. So that's, that's what I'm yeah. going with on that one. You'd almost want to, like, you know, if you ever had a chance to ask, like, the lead animator, like, some questions, that would be one. Did you guys mean to do that? Yeah. So then we get to the next flash of the screen. Right. And a lot of the same, but this time the top left now reads floor. So that's Oh, right. So now they've actually changed it. They've fixed it on that okay, one. Okay, that's interesting. And the number changes to X67. Right. And then... The third screen here, we get uh, floor again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, K62, and then floor C21, right. and floor G78. And in the bottom part, underneath the main part, it says base schematic. Well, I assume the long, the, the tubular, it's got to be just a cross section of how of, deep yeah, the, the hole yeah, is. The whole yeah. thing. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you got to wonder about the naming conventions on these floors because. That's completely nonsensical to go from K62 to C21. Yeah. Unless there's like, you know, I mean, it kitchen makes... 62 <clears throat> or know. cell yeah, block yeah. 21. Was it, right, right. Was it K55? Because he's TK5576. It mm. was K55. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the first one. Right. Yeah, so that might be an abbreviation of his. Could be what he's searching for. It could be. It could be the little Five, magnifying glass Maybe, window. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Echo then tells them that the reg is being held in cell block 25, which is four levels down. And we cut down there and there's a guard walking by and the captured trooper hails him saying, hey, newbie, why don't you be useful and get me some food? We got a really good shot of the the Ralph McQuarrie style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the trooper replies back, quiet, traitor. And like you said, we get a nice look at the armor, but uh, the trooper in the cell remarks, that's Captain Traitor. I find that's a, a Force Awakens reference with the, 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 the theme running through that Finn was a traitor to the other oh, yeah. stormtroopers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah. They then go on to uh, call the guard an insubordinate plebe. Yeah, I, I laughed at that. I'm like, oh, there's a little uh, shot at Rome. <laughs> nice. And then we hear some commotion outside the cell. And the batch arrive, and they ask, are you CC5576? To which he replies, that depends who's asking. Right. And Hunter calmly says, Rex sent us. And this puts the prisoner at ease, and he says his name is Gregor. Call me Gregor. Yeah. In that case. So Gregor's not a new character. No, he's not. And, uh, yeah, he's been around a while. So, I mean, of all the people that we we sort of talked about that could could be, maybe, might still be out there, we knew that Gregor was one of them because of how we pick him up later on in Rebels, living on the on that ATTE with Wolf and uh, Rex. Yeah, yeah, we sort of had the beginning and end uh, like bookends, but we didn't have the through point. So it's kind of nice. It's really nice, actually, and it, it makes me. I'm pretty positive that you know the second season might be the through point for Wolf. Like, yeah, yeah. This is where I'm saying, this is what I was saying. Like when Rex sent that message earlier in this episode, do you think that he might have been, cause I mean, it's like, you know, we know that those two characters are central to, uh, the, the reemergence of Rex later on in rebels mm-hmm. is if he's out there doing the Morpheus thing and waking these guys up, you have to wonder, is he out there doing the wolf thing right now while the, the batch is getting Gregor? It's possible. It's, it's, it is possible. Yeah, and you got to figure wolf's going to be a harder sell than say Gregor because the presumption uh, that he carried out order 66. Right. And yeah. yes, yeah, there's, he does wear that in rebels and the fact that he's still willing to portray a Jedi to the empire. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, even under the auspice of not getting spanked. Kind right. Of, right. Right. So he's still, uh, sort of his loyalty is to Rex, but he's got some iffy other thing. And yes, it's cool to see yes. to see Gregor and know that. And again, like for those of you who've been following the show, you knew that I came into this as a bit of a naysayer because of my love for Republic Commando. And so we had a we had a very deep conversation yesterday about you know if that Hank you had said a while ago, hey, this is the episode for you, Wes, because of the the uh, Republic Commando vision. But really, mm. this episode was for me. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. And we get Scorch. We actually yeah, get the character yeah, yeah. Scorch. So as the Batch and Gregor make their way through the corridors, making sure to stick to the shadows and avoid multiple platoons of troops, they skirt past a couple more. And Gregor tells them that, look, they've gathered for inspection. There's no way past them. Right. And with no way past, Tech tries to redirect them by sending an alert signal that'll draw them off. Right. Gregor comments that due to their armor, they must be CCs like him. But Hunter replies, we're CT-99s. And Gregor chuckles, defective clones? Defective clones. (laughs) So there's a thing going on here. Like, they're renowned. And not necessarily even being for Clone Force 99. Like, they're renowned for being defective. Like, and, and so, like... 
Well, they are named after 99. Like, Republic Commandos know that they're there. Like, the Reg Troops know they're there. Rex knew that they were, you know. I think that speaks to the lineage of 99, the man, and how yeah, how yeah, revered like, he was. I sort of agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gregor goes on and thinks the only ones who are defective are the ones who want to stay. Yeah. And then tells the Batch that he was an instructor here, but just then an alarm goes off. And uh, when Hunter asks what's wrong, Tech tells him that he doesn't know. He said he keyed in a code 16 to draw off the troopers, but Gregor tells them yeah. clone codes don't work here. Don't work here. And they've set off a security alert. And the old tricks won't play going forward. So this is our right. first our first uh, Imperial installation that is 100% post-clone. Yeah, th- this is no, there is no old tech in here at all. Yeah, yeah it's good all, call. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Empire has changed the locks. Big time, yeah. So uh, we get some more Orbesh here. Yeah. It's pretty easy. It just says access denied. Big fancy red. Uh, yeah. So the batch is quickly under fire from arriving stormtroopers who are quick to radio in their position and call for more backup. And Gregor helps out the clones to do this platoon. And it's an important point. They're still using their stuns. Again, they are. Yeah. Yeah. The batch, the batch is, is still yeah. not wanting to right. kill their clone brothers. Right. And this, uh, I started to notice right here that we started using original sound effects. Yeah, for the stormtrooper yeah. blasters, the music, and the music, and the music. We started getting the 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 Death Star chasing music yeah. interspersed, and the actual instead of like a derivative, we're we're now getting actual John Williams pieces yeah. woven into this. Yeah, fantastic. Did you get the? I don't know if you got a shot the the elevator scene where they open it up and there's like they said, but the numbers don't matter. The numbers, yes, you did. Okay, that's funny. Uh, I think I did. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Hunter puts a sleeper on the lead trooper here and then takes his key card, and that'll come up later. Right, right, right. Um, and I guess they're differentiating uh, the uh, the lead troopers from the rest by giving them the glowing visor. Yeah. I don't know if that's just aesthetic. Like, the glowing visor? Yeah. But that's that's, that's part that's of Republic Commando. commando. Is yeah. that Republic yeah, Commando? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That is a commando. Yeah. yeah, it definitely is. Okay. The commandos, just to go back, when that video game came out, it was sort of between between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. So they were still phase phase one clones, had that uh, T-shaped visor that's more Mandalorian style. Okay. So the Republic Commando was just sort of the the interpretation of the armor evolution prior to Revenge of the Sith coming out. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so Hunter asks Gregor if there's another way off base, but Gregor says there's only one way out. And, and it's, it's up. up, yeah. Up through the big hole. And at this point, Tech removes one of the troopers' helmets and finds out these are not clones. And Gregor says, that's what I've been trying to tell you. These are our replacements, if you can believe that. And then we get a bit of run-and-gun action as they make their way through their hallways. And uh, Yeah, yeah. So here's the question, right? He knows that, uh, the, that they're being phased out. So how do you pitch that to your instructor cadre? That we Poorly. Want, we want you to go and uh, train these guys who are going to replace you. And so... When the jig is up, what do you do with your instructors? True. Well, Gregor might be just a little bit more wise here and understand that that training these guys means replacing, uh, you know, clones inevitably. But perhaps right, right, some of right. the other commandos are just like, well, this is my way of ensuring my my viability moving forward. So yeah, I'm yep. I'm a stormtrooper trainer now. So I, you know, I I have value in the new right, system. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so, yeah. Make yourself indispensable. 
I, I tried that, but they still threw me out the door. <laughs> I was doing a little math on the numbers that they provide too, and yeah. I was like, "That's that's like one clone commando for every two hundred and fifty troops on this base." So are that's they that fifty to a thousand ratio? Is it so, is it so structured that that they each have a platoon or or like part know. of a regiment? You know, like because we see a lot of times in this episode five or six clone uh, commandos all in a group. Yeah, we talked you know, so about. How, pre-show last night we were talking about in the numbers game you know like the reality is going with the scorch reference scorch being part of delta squad we saw delta squad in a single episode of the clone wars and there's only there's only three guys in that squad yes so i guess technically four because you as the player would be the fourth but like that's four Republic commandos that we see across seven seasons. Well, technically five because we see Gregor. Gregor. And Gregor five. does wear the yellow of, of Similar. Sport. Yeah, similar to Scorch. Yeah. But five Republic commandos across seven seasons of television. And now so we have 50. What does that say about the rarity of clone commandos? Mm-hmm. That was my thing. That was that was my thing. Like, and, yeah. and, and that almost leads me to believe that this is the genesis of the yep. program. Yep. And that maybe we only have at this point a thousand stormtroopers. Oh, that like we maybe just, this isn't just everywhere. Starting to crank maybe it out. Yeah, the, this is the the you first know, of they, they, right. Zero. They played their first card. Yeah, yeah. Well, at, at fifty to a thousand, that's 200, 200 guys per commando. That's that's right. the company. Right. They're you're basically treating your commandos as company commanders. Yeah, but uh, on the same point, Hank, like the lights are not fully on in this episode. There's a See, lot the of dark thing. hallways, yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. they're right. not it, fully it, up it, to par yet. It's 100%, and I think that's on purpose. It's 100% Death Star or Star Destroyer corridors. Yep, yep. But the fact that we're not lit up means that we're still... Getting the lights turned yeah, on. Right, exactly. We're still establishing yeah, like our infrastructure. Is, and yeah, it's not lost on me. For gotcha, sure. gotcha. Yeah. The base is not yet fully operational. (laughs) (laughs) So Tech asks Gregor if he's sure he knows where he's going, and Gregor fires back, I'm the one who escaped before. And Tech retorts, you were captured. Yeah, on the outside. (laughs) Yeah, and Gregor is quick to point that out. He says, it was only after I was off the base. That's funny. So Hunter questions, I thought you trained these guys because they're missing their shots. So there's that. uh, (laughs) Yeah, but like, and what does he say? He says, uh... He laughs and says, not everything. Yeah, I didn't train. I didn't show them everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then they make their way to the elevator and try and jump on, but there's two troopers inside. So they take them out pretty quick, and Tech says they need an authorization code. Two troopers. So the, And they, they kind of do the, the – didn't mug them, but they knock them out. Yeah. Did you get the sense from the <gasps> – that one of them was a woman? I did not. I did. I, I thought I one of them was a, I thought one of them was a woman. Yeah, I heard it too. It was a little higher pitch. Like a <laughs> – I'll have to watch that again. <laughs> so uh, Hunter hands him the key card that he took off the trooper earlier. Yep, yep. And pops that in. And the Orbesh here reads, you know, pretty easy. Enter access code. Yeah. So they do. And the elevator starts moving upward. And Hunter asks, what do you mean these are our replacements? Mm-hmm. And uh, Gregor tells him, these clones are soldiers for a republic that does not exist. Right. And the new recruits come from all over the galaxy and swear loyalty to the Empire. They're not as skilled, but there's an endless supply of That's them. That's right, yeah. And that whole, like, four quadrillion sentience across the Star Wars galaxy. 
Right, right, right. And I guess my estimates were crazy low when I was yeah, I guess yeah. tens of trillions, and I was crazy low. Yeah, according to the end notes for Star Wars: The Essential Atlas Guide, mm-hmm. the population of known space is approximately one hundred quadrillion sentient oh, beings. Hundred quadrillion. So really, there right. could be an endless supply, an infinite number right. of. And even if there's only a percentage that and... are human, because we know the xenophobic nature of the Empire. That's right. That's still trillions and trillions. Yeah, and that's just known space. That's not even taking into account, like, you know, unknown or unmapped quadrants. That's right, yep. Yep. Before I thought about it deeply, I was like, what do you mean conscripts outnumber clones? And then I was like, oh, well, wait, actually, when you you just even begin to think about it a little deeper, you're like, no, like, clones are a finite resource. Talking about sort of the the analogy about here in Canada, but the... With the smaller population. Yeah, we have a small population here in Canada. So if you equate, I mean, if, if... if the science fictiony world that we love in Star Wars is anything like the real world, like here in Canada, we have a there's a like a disproportionate number of like Maritimers that join the military. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. you know, if you just think of sort of uh, sort of the the galactic economy, I'm sure there is enough driving that that it wouldn't be hard to recruit people who are just like have nowhere else to go. Absolutely. At first, I would think that there would be hundreds and hundreds of worlds that are just clamoring to get positions. Well, right. You know, yeah. that need an economic bump or, you know, like I can't make it anywhere else. So I might as or well. Or the security that an imperial presence would provide. provide. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to consider we're also technically in a post galactic war type deal. And there's yeah. how many planets that have been ravaged by... Right. They're literally selling security and peace, right? That's right. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... Oh, and by the way, you must buy it or else. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Any color you want as long as it's black. And white. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very 30s, like, mafia. Like, hey, your protection money hasn't come in yet. So Hunter responds to Gregor saying that the numbers aren't everything. And as the door oh, opens, yeah, they're faced yeah, with yeah. a squad of troops, and they quickly shut the door and head back down. Looking Did for you a notice though that Gregor punches the guy in the middle, the middle guy? Yeah, the, knocks the, him oh. back, and then they shut the door. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's good combat reflexes. <laughs> yeah. Back at the Havoc Marauder, Omega paces while Wrecker lounges. Yeah. And Omega asks, "How can you be so relaxed?" And he turns and says, uh, "I'm preparing." So. That is the realest military sentiment I've ever seen in a yeah, cartoon. Yeah, one hundred percent. That is literally the personification of hurry up and wait. You know, having having been in a position where you know I, I've been where he is, where you are behind whatever's going on, and you're just waiting to be called to come and do your job, and that is quite literally what it can look like sometimes. Yeah, dozens of hours of downtime and 13 seconds of just pure chaos. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah. this is where those meme pictures of soldiers come from where they're, you know, they've got their feet up on their weapon and or their helmet down over their eyes. Yep, yep. Yeah. He says, I'm charging up before I sleep anywhere, anytime at the drop of a hat. (laughs) When in doubt, rack out. Omega is still worried, though. And back at the facility, the batch continue to run and gun, avoiding capture. But they run smack dab into a clone commander, and Gregor takes two shots to the chest. Yeah, he does, too. And uh, the trooper that shoots him is... uh, Is this official? Because, Hank, you caught this. But... uh, We think that that might actually be Scorch. Because it bears a striking resemblance to him. Yeah, I... With the white trim around the yellow accents? I Uh, think so. I I really do think so. And he's he's in four separate scenes. It's... 
it's perfect. When you put that, I did that side by side. I sent you guys. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's spot on. I read some stuff last night. People were, you know, and of course it's you know the devil's in the details, right? And people were going, well, he doesn't have the the protrusions on the backpack. It's the wrong backpack. You know what? Spiritually, it doesn't. It, the guy dropped the things because he's not operational. He's in a training yeah. role now. Like, come on, just it's him. This is a training facility, yeah. not it's a him. deployment. They yeah, also yeah. did just say like, oh, their armor's new. Like, they did. So it yeah, could come still on. be transitioning. They literally just said that their armor's changed from the last thing you saw. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 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 Literally covering their own asses. So another platoon of troopers come down the hall, causing the batch to fall back, and they take shelter in a control room. And like before, you know, tech blasts the door lock to seal it shut. So uh, still the best like way said, to open man, and close. It's the, yeah, it it is universally both a key and a lock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So they and take the control room, such a huge nod to a new hope. Oh, it is. I got my. the just continuing the theme God. that we're we're getting so much closer to a to that oh so familiar empire. Yeah, we're okay. How are you? Not no, not that one. No. Uh, oh, we I've might got just, it. Yeah, here, keep yeah. going there. Uh, so they take a moment to regroup, and when asked how bad Gregor's wounds are, he replies, "This is nothing. I've been blown up once and survive. I can survive this." So right. this is and probably another testament to the quality of the commando armor. Yes. Well, that's just it. So two two points. So going back to the the computer console thing. So that right there. I mean, does that not look like the computer console right out of the Death Star? Yeah, docking control room two thirty seven. That's the one where right? uh, C three PO and R two D two hid while they were rescuing Princess Leia. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tracking. And there it is. Nice. That's yeah. That's even more uncannily. Yeah. Now that I yeah. see them like that. <laughs> so, like, the design implements there are carrying forward. I kind of like the idea that the Empire is just cookie-cutter everything. Like, well, I mean, everything is modular. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, for a, for a successful um, corporation, you know, when you go, you go into a McDonald's in Russia, the drinks are on the left, the fry station is on the right, and they, they just work that, you know, it's, it's a universal thing. So it makes complete sense. That everything is modular and prefab. That's right. And, yeah. Right. And that... You know, if you ostensibly, if you served on any base in any control room and then you were stationed in that, you know, control room right there, you would know where all the bells and whistles were and you'd be trained on that. You That's know, true. That, that, that must be why there are so many like long, empty hallways is because we need a certain amount of space for X module to hook up to Y module. So that's why they're all every base you ever see is just long hallways interspersed with oddly prefab areas legends was pretty big on talking about these uh prefab like garrisons that essentially like a star destroyer could carry so many of them and they would basically drop them you know the 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 lambda cousin there that has the long cargo yeah the detachable essentially they could drop that's what they would use them for like just dropping a garret like there it is the whole the building the infrastructure it's all right there in one pod you just drop it boom yeah, they do that in construction now. They'll actually drop a, they'll build like the the shell of the of a building, and yeah. then they'll drop units onto concrete floors, and there'll literally be steel stud walls with drywall attached. Oh wow! Windows in them, and they'll yeah, just yeah. slide them into place with a crane, and then the finishers will go in and attach it all. That's up. crazy. But yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, so we're getting closer to it in real life. Too. Well, it's definitely a, yeah, in yeah, a, yeah. Modern I society, but we shit, but. we do like it, even in our in our tiny little military, we have little things like uh, we have reconfigurable 
prefabbed boxes like the the yes. LBUs, Eric, the yeah. laundry bath units, yeah, which can be converted to showers, which can Field be converted kitchens, to yeah, like CPs, right? And they they built on this you know idea of modularity where they're they're compatible with other systems within your within your military. So it makes perfect sense. It has sense. to be efficient. It yeah, has to yeah, be efficient. it does. It does. I mean, I guess technically we've had them for quite a while with like construction trailers and everything, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, they've yeah. never been so connected as they're getting. Not like this. No, no, no yeah. Well, no, everything's moving towards modularity now. Yeah. Like prefab homes is how we're going to solve the homeless crisis. Right, right. So Echo remarks that uh, all access points are blocked off, but Tech points up to the reactor conduits and said, there's the exit. And it should lead to the reactor's main external main exhaust, exhaust port. port. Right. So this, look out for proton torpedoes this inbound. This always yeah. bothers me when people are like, we're going to escape out the exhaust port. Well, the fact that you're calling it an exhaust port Where's means the exhaust? that it's supposed to be like superheated Venting gas something. and particulate. Like, and yet it's just a hallway with that steel grate that everyone buys that makes the same stock sound. Yeah, sorry. Uh, they only vent at, uh, <laughs> what was it in Willy Wonka? They vent on every other Tuesday. But don't worry, we only light it on Tuesdays. Yeah, really. <laughs> it could be something like that where maybe it's like we only have to flush it once a, you know, once a cycle or whatever it is. Yeah. It's just, I think it's just to reinforce the fact that we're getting so close to, I the, know, to the solidified empire. Mm. Literally quoting the, the thermal, the small thermal exhaust port. Yep. Uh, yep. It's just just the biggest tip of the hat to did, to the Death Star. Did you did you get did you get the Death Star shot and the external shot of the this thermal port? I did not. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Are they the same shape? I would love to see if they're the I same shape. I think they shape. are the kind of the like the hexagon uh, or octagon. Yeah, whatever right. it is. And yeah. there's even the the sort of the conduits running. So in in Return of the Jedi, they approach the thermal exhaust port in a different fashion. You actually get to see. As they're walking through it, those big red conduits yeah, that you see yeah, that's right, very yeah. quickly. As the Falcon and, and Wedge are making their way right. towards the... Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Gregor points out that the exhaust vent is halfway up the mountain and there's no way they'll survive the jump. But Tech already has a plan to signal Omega and Wrecker. And as they make their way through the vents, Gregor's limping a bit and it's Echo that helps him. Yeah, so I mean, uh, Hunter and Tech no just, soldier you know, behind, right? Yeah, whereas Hunter and Tech just kind of press on. Echo takes his time to help Is it him. that kinship, you know, uh, once a reg, always a reg, or what Maybe. is it there? Don't know yeah, for sure. I mean, they're all brothers, and, and they're, they're, you know, the family gets bigger, or... Well, just in a small story context, you've already established this guy as the one that cares. Yeah. Even if you've never yep, watched yep, another episode, yep. like, anybody who watches that as a layman is going to go, oh, he's the one who cares, he's the one who doesn't care, he's the dumb one. It's funny, the guy who's, and we've, we've talked about how sometimes, depending on the context of the episode, how Echo is like the most droid-like, mm-hmm. and yet here he's like very, very, he's, he's showing such uh, uh, like empathy and, and very human qualities, right? Yeah, because so, technically Gregor's in the same situation he yeah, was. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, you also got to consider that the clones are in a position now where everyone's basically telling you, okay, you're worthless, we don't need you now. Because we're replacing you with these other guys. And, you know, you were expendable during the war because we could just grow more of you. So this is like an extra level of solidarity. Yeah. I think you're Big exactly time. Yeah, right yeah. on that. And I yeah. think that actually, I have a theory about the very last scene in the episode that, right. that sort of hinges on that level of solidarity uh, between clones. Fair enough. When Echo asks how Gregor got there, he tells him that he arrived with other clone commandos. 
but quickly realized that he no longer wanted to be part of the operation. But the Empire doesn't take kindly to desertion. I guess that means there's only 49 clone commandos at the base. <laughs> Maybe. Well, he's still technically on the base. <laughs> For a couple more minutes. Back at the ship, Hunter comes across the comms and says they need a pickup. And Omega and Wrecker leap into the pilot seats and take off. Okay, so that tells me that uh, Omega can now name all the ship's systems by memory. Yep. <laughs> Roger that. Uh, yep. yep. She's uh, got her learner's permit for the I pilot guess, license, yeah, yeah. I guess. But look at who her, her uh, driver trainer is now. Do you really feel confident with that guy right seating you? <laughs> Have you seen any of the driver trainers in Toronto? It's uh, Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> I've seen how is she more qualified to fly that thing than Wrecker right now? I don't know. Right, like right now, she's the best option. Wrecker's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. I yeah. don't know what I'm doing. You take the wheel. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. I'll sit over here and watch with my good eye. Every, everyone <laughs> has their uses. So back at the base, a group of troopers find the blown-out vent cover and radio that the batch is escaping through the exhaust port. And I'm looking at this scene as kind of a nod to a Harrison Ford film called The Fugitive. Oh, yes. Where they get to that edge, and it's like, Guards behind you. Yeah. Nothing in front of you. No. And uh, I didn't kill my wife. That's right. So I don't know if it's a bit of a stretch. There's no waterfall that I have to jump into, but just no, visually. It, yeah, you're right. You're right. But this does set us up for the upcoming Rambo moment. It does. <laughs> well, vibes of the Mandalorian, too. Escaping from, uh, from one, the Imperial yeah. base. Oh, right, right. The one on uh, uh, um, in the volcanic. The, the, the Bill Burr episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So as the Havoc Marauder approaches, a slew of empirical ships land, or... Uh, Imperial. Imperial. Yes. Imperial ships. Imperial. Yeah. It's uh, empirical that they land. It, it is. is, yeah. They take off from inside the base, and as they draw closer, Omega takes control of the ship, and Wrecker makes his way to the side hatch. Yep. And she's like, you know, I'll do my best, and she's really trying, so... That is clear. The fact that she's... You know, we don't know how long she's been flying for. Right? No. Maybe she's, but she's new, right? And she's, she's yeah. got the thing in a hover right next to a giant feature, which, you know, if you've ever talked to a helicopter pilot, hover is one of the hardest maneuvers that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Takes Herculean strength, actually. Yeah. 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 And she's got her game face on here. And you can't tell me that for a second, there's not the, just the idea of Hera is oh, yeah, on yeah, her yeah, mind, yeah. right? Of course. You know, she's of course like, she is. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because she's right in the thick of it, too, right? Yeah, so, oh, yeah. Right, right. You know, Empire ships are coming in hot. They are. She holds the Marauder steady as Tech jumps aboard and Gregor jumps next. But Imperial fighters open fire, causing her to move away. And just then, Tech tells Omega that'll be sufficient and takes over piloting duties. You know, as much as that was a Techism, the tone surrounding it was just like this. It's the most... What's the word I'm looking for? Condescending. No, 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 no. no. It was it's the like, most, you like, done good, kid. The most I'll em- take it empathic here. thing that he okay. said the entire series. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do, pig. Yeah, yeah, very much. That's coming up, actually. In a, <laughs> in a total techism. Yeah. Yeah. So things start to move pretty quick here as tech flies off to draw the ships away. And Wrecker's on the tail gun returning fire, but they're soon hit. The screen flashes telling them that shields are down. Yeah. And we get some more Oribesh here. And it's pretty straightforward. It just says uh, shields inactive. It occurs to me in this image that the uh, the the schematic of the Havoc Marauder looks like a Klingon bird of prey. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, it's it pretty, totally it's pretty does. evident. If you blur your eyes, it looks like Klingon too. Yeah, it does too, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah, Klingons <laughs> used red in their displays. They used red on everything. 
Yeah. Frank's red hot. I put that on everything. Except um, the paint on the outside of the ship. But. We also get uh, warning, warning, power danger, and what I assume is a new character in the Orabesh font oh, for okay. the representation of the percent sign. Oh, percentage, okay. Because it says power at 85%. Oh, Nicely okay. done, sir. So I, I, I've looked, and I cannot find anywhere else where it references that that is what the percentage, the percentage sign is symbol. supposed to look like. Okay. So oh, but it does look... Yeah, it looks like very familiar. Another on an angle. Yeah. Maybe we're uh, expanding the language It's then. quite possible. Fantastic. Nice. Quickly, Omega figures out that Gonky can provide the power boost they uh, need. Oh, Gonky gets his hero moment. He I does. Quit, I was really... This was very satisfying for me. You know, me too. As a, yeah. as a toy guy knowing that the the original Kenner action figure was actually called the power droid. And now we actually mm. get to see a power droid being used for its intended purpose. See, I did so not know that. I, I was yeah. like, oh, I wish that he had, like, because he did walk over to the panel. Yeah. But then I, I kind of wish that he had pulled up his own little scum. And done it and himself. himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Lauren was quick and she was very, it was actually, it was really satisfying. She's like, no, no, he's, He's not that kind of droid. He doesn't have that level of a brain. Right. He's a tool. That's right. So he yeah, needs yeah, to yeah. be plugged in. Yeah. But <laughs> he evolved beyond his programming in that scene. He knew enough to he come knew up. knew enough to walk to the panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. this was my, uh, Eric, this was my, that'll do, Gonky. That'll, yeah. that'll do, Gonky. <laughs> I mean, he, he's been yeah. Chekhov's droid the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Oh. Also, if you look, he's got a cable. He doesn't have the extendable thingy that R2 has. No, he doesn't. Right, uh, right, right. So like somebody has to plug him in. The block yeah, heater. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, plug in the block, block heater. Yeah. He can't do it yeah. himself. So the wherewithal to go, okay, maybe if I remind them I'm here. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And like totally evolving beyond his programming in that moment. I'll be really upset down the line if we get so far in the interconnectivity of the of the universe that Gonky is the droid in the bottom of Jabba's palace. I'm getting tortured. Yeah. Aww. I'll be really upset. Yeah. <laughs> that would suck. So once they get him hooked in there, uh, we get one more flash Orbesh as the ship powers up and it just reads shields active. Yeah. Yes, did sir. you catch the, uh, did you get the uh, Phantom Menace uh, vibe there? You actually heard the 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 uh, pod racer. Yeah, the, the where restart. the engines, uh, the yeah. restart, and then the uh, the the color the shift. meters go yeah, up. Yeah, and... yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Yeah, dude, say what you will about Phantom Menace, that movie had excellent sound design. Uh, no arguments for me. <laughs> I I still like the Phantom Menace, and, yeah. you know, warts and all. So. Yeah, I loved it a lot. Saw it many times in the theater before I actually was like, well... Still my you know, I, uh, number one. Yeah. Talking about theatrical yeah. viewings, it's still the, the one I've seen in the theaters the most. Uh, six, yeah, yeah. six theatrical viewings for me. It's actually the last time I broke my ankle. I oh, was... No. I waited 24 hours in line to see The Phantom Menace with a broken ankle. It broke it the, sort of the day before, but had tickets and plans to camp out and was first in line with a broken ankle. I'm not missing and, it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little story they quickly they it started pouring rain uh at about you know uh eleven thirty and we had a cardboard shanty town which started to disintegrate and we were all like chanting let let everybody in the in theater the building. Yeah, uh, yeah. a half hour early it's pouring rain and then the power went out oh. and it was like they're like we'll come back tomorrow we'll refund your tickets but everybody will will honor your tickets tomorrow and we were like no no we're you watching play this, this today. fucking movie at three o'clock in the morning if you have to and we all stayed there and it was it was actually a really very cool uh, experience. experience yeah probably the stinkiest theater you'd ever been in 
probably. <laughs> Ooh, it's been raining for a while, and now we're all jammed into a theater, you know, that shoulder moment to shoulder. from fanboys, too, you know, like, hey, guys, what, what if, if it, it sucks? sucks? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, we're going off the rails again. Ah, we'll get back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Tech banks and steers toward the ground, adding further credit to your theory, Wes, that Tech has a bit of the crazy. He's our him. Murdoch. And uh, Gregor looks at him with a what the hell are you doing type Absolutely. look. And they're just nosediving into the ground. For a guy yeah. who's so analytical, there's something about you stick him in. And you don't get it throughout the, you know, because really up until the last couple of episodes, the Havoc Marauder has essentially been a, a bus. Yeah. It gets us yeah. from point A to point B. We park, park the car and away we go. But that episode uh, on Ryloth. Yeah, where he just does power, this power slide, slide in. And now this like crazy like dive bombing maneuver. Like there's something about him. Like I didn't. Yes, he's the the he's the technical guy. I mean, it, it's in the name, right? I'll build you the thing. I'll build the scanner. I build the light bomb. But man, he's a pretty crack pilot. Yeah. It's a pitch perfect Ronsky feint for the Potterheads out there. It's exactly the maneuver he's doing. So Wrecker shoots down one more ship, which collides with another one, and then they swing back around to the exhaust port with more ships closing in. Echo manages to jump aboard, but the fighters open fire. That's right, yeah. And uh, they're coming in hot. This is the one... V-Wings. V-Wings, yeah, okay. We talked about those before. So I think coming. that's the biggest collection of V-Wings we've ever seen in one place. Yeah. Somewhere <laughs> between an A-Wing and a TIE Fighter. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, love yeah. this ship because it's so pitch perfect in between the evolution of the two lines. With that uh, that uh, diamond, the pyramidal shape, it's a uh, you know, hint of the, uh, the Aether Sprite mm-hmm. Jedi Starfighter in there. That's yeah. right. right. As the Marauder starts to roll away, Hunter takes a leap of faith and... Uh, it doesn't pay off. He slips. No, I, you know, I thought he was going to make it. it I for a really second, yeah. 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 And then, uh, of course, Omega cries out, but Echo pulls her back into the ship. Yeah. And Tech yeah, is yeah. forced to fly away to avoid all the uh, shots coming at them. This is our, uh, this is our Rambo moment where it, it actually is. pays Holy. off. Yeah. And From he, first uh, blood. yeah, he crashes down that mountain through the trees, hitting everything on the way, tries to slow himself down with the knife. Thunders through the uh, the yeah. foliage there. Yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, Another textbook action trope, the impractically high fall. Yeah. <laughs> He's wearing armor. What do you expect? He, well, he survives come, come it, though. On, so. Come on, you don't survive that. You don't survive that without at least, like, a flail chest and a couple of dislocated limbs. Well, he takes a couple minutes to get up. <laughs> he does. I actually wondered if the the impact had actually, like, okay, he's unconscious and that's how they're going to find him. But yeah. as oh, we no, see... Oh, no, no. He's Rambo. He's got to have his hero moment. Yeah, He hits the hard at the bottom and uh, we cut back to the ship to see Gonky has hit his limit and he's starting to short out. Tech yells out that they can't take many more hits and we cut back to the <clears> ground <throat> as uh, Hunter tries to rise. Right. But uh, an LAAT gunship lands and a squad of troopers pile out. And Hunter looks up, seeing the ongoing chase, and uh, radios for them to get the ship out of here. And he'll find another way back. Tech responds, though, with a negative. The odds are not in your favor. But Hunter says, go. That's an order. And as Tech accelerates away, Omega cries out, no, we got to go back for him. And she's desperately pleading. Hunter, give them the order to come back. Yeah, and she's like... Like, almost cry talking. Oh, tell them to come back. Yeah. But Hunter says, sorry, kid, I can't do that. And, and uh, you get that, the, just the way she, the phraseology she uses, ordered them to, to come, back. come and get you. Yeah, yeah. She's, she real like, that's 
that's her 100% acknowledging his fatherhood. Yeah. Yeah. Where, like, don't, don't, I'm not ordering you to go back and get him. I need you, daddy, to tell them it's okay. Right, right, right. To come and get you. But when we pay him back, it's obviously not an option. Harsh lessons. And we go back down, and he is quickly surrounded, at which point he surrenders. And above the the, Havoc uh, Of the 49 commandos left, it took three of them to come out there and get him. Right. Yeah. More massives, too, so. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're definitely, yeah. And uh, the Havoc Marauder leaves Darrow and accelerates into hyperspace. And that's where we leave them for a minute. But back on Camino, Admiral Rampart confronts Prime Minister Lamassu, saying he promised his complete cooperation. And he says... Uh, he says something like, that's what I've given. Yeah, that's what I've given. Yeah. But Rampart discovers that his chief scientist was discovered gathering personnel to flee Camino. He says uh, medical personnel. Yeah. So I guess that's what they deemed were essential. Maybe. Medical people. Could be. Whoever they need to restart the clone program. Yeah, elsewhere. yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, he says Lama Sue will be dealt with, and which point she enters the room with a couple more troopers. That's and, right, yeah, uh, yeah. Rampart says, a scientist I can use, a politician I cannot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your services will no longer be required. Yeah, you're fired. Yeah. I was so, waiting for the after the door closed. I was waiting for the me too the, the, the sound blaster. That's exactly what I was waiting yeah. for, and then it doesn't happen. So you you've got this this air of like, well, did they or didn't they? I yeah. I think that's a Disney thing. I think Disney was like, that's that's yeah. too dark. Well, we, so let's. You can say that. You can argue that, but let's not forget back in episode uh, two, Crosshair yeah. murdered children. Yes. Yeah, okay. I mean, he, you know, saw his, uh, the band of civilians that were out with Saw Gerrera included kids, and, and there was no compunction about showing the clones uh, or the elite squad blasting everything indiscriminately. I guess the question we have to ask is, do we believe Lama Sue is capable of subduing these two troopers? Not at all. No. Not at no. all. Not unless he's a master of Tereskasi. <laughs> Never know. Because it, it is be. off camera. So. They, or, and they are genetically manipulated. Are, the, yeah. are these clones or are they TK troopers? No, these are these uh, are, these are uh, elite squad. They're yeah. black armored. So maybe the Kaminoans have their own triggers. No, because the elite squads are, 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 they're volunteers. are volunteers. Yeah, They want to join up. Yeah. Like, so uh, there you go. we're left wondering, you know, does he die? Does he go into custody? That's going to be an interesting thing to see going forward because I suspect like this is the last time we will see him in season one. Yeah. I don't think we'll see him again this season. No. So back on Darrow, Crosshair comes to Hunter's cell and uh, Hunter says, I figured you'd show up. And Crosshair, again, Hank takes off his helmet. Yep. Helmet off. So uh, he says, I was hoping for the whole squad, but you'll do. Right. But he shuts the ray shield off here. He does. He comes right in. Yeah, and I, I have a theory. Okay. Um, I think in a, in, a, in a crazy twist that he's been playing possum and that, in fact, that the hip, inhibitor chip is, is destroyed or malfunctioning and that I think he's going to rescue Hunter. And the reason I think that is because I think that the opposite thing that could happen is too much for this show, which is the death of Hunter, literally. And I, I, I don't know... While that would be a quantum leap in Omega's character building, yeah, you know, like it gives her that that Spider-Man tragic Genesis moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think this show is dark enough to do that. And 
the the propensity for Disney, if we want to go back to that uh, of them, the, the redemption arc. Yeah. I don't know if this is the moment when uh, Crosshair crosses over or crosses back, but I do think that amid this idea that they're they're being replaced and that there may be a battle or a mass culling even yeah that although i think you're going to find that his loyalty will inevitably land with his brothers because they're you know while he's just been surviving and perhaps the chip was influencing him otherwise yeah i think that when 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 faced with the reality like right in hunter's face you're going to find that that chip has malfunctioned and that his loyalty will be to his brothers I have, I have a couple thoughts on the whole idea of like the let's the the analyst in me says if if they do decide to go all the way and the and and you know how my thoughts on crosshair is that he's been a willing participant all along if they go as far as to kill hunter it it really kind of puts me in this like well who's left and we kind of talked about it off camera but I don't think that there is anybody else in the squad who's been groomed for the leadership role other than Echo. So if Echo becomes the leader because he's the most senior... Least defective, maybe? It, it There's automatically... another option now, though. There is one other option that I thought about in terms of this. So Gregor. Gregor is the other option. That's entirely possible. And then the other thing was we still have an, a, a dangling thread with... Um, with uh, Hauser, who's still out there, who who could also fill those that role. It is a very bold move to kill off your leading character and to uh, to, to replace them with with somebody that we know is more integral to the the plot of the next series. Mm, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's very very bold. I would be surprised if they did it. Uh, I would be impressed if they did it. Most but... production companies don't have the boldness in them to make a move like that, especially recently, Disney. like in the last decade i can count on maybe one hand the shows that have done something subverted like that. yeah given right. given the uh looking at you kevin smith <laughs> I was, that's I a was whole gonna, other I conversation i don't know if we even want to given the uh maybe. given echo's uh outward portrayal of how he feels about their their place in the galaxy now and i said it last night if echo becomes the leader then the show may as well is would take a serious right, uh, left turn, right turn, one eighty because Echo is already of the opinion that they should be doing whatever Rex is doing. So that yes. I mean that's the direction that the show goes in. We go and hang out with Rex, and that's the end of our journey. It could or, be, or we uh, with the idea that maybe we're going to lose lose Clone Force ninety nine either one at a time or in some great catastrophe. With yeah, the idea yeah. that they are actually foundation stones of the rebellion yeah 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 yeah. the other thought i had was because we know that redemption is a major theme throughout all of star wars let's say that crosshair does get the redemption arc for me for me personally as a fan the only satisfying the only way that you can satisfy that that arc for me is posthumously he has to die to get his redemption because if they kill Hunter, like we've talked about it before on our show, that there is this divide in leadership styles between Hunter and Crosshair and that there may have been some subtle competition there. Crosshair, given what he's done, a la murdering children, there is mm-hmm. no way that even if he is, you know, even if Crosshair does choose hit the Brotherhood over the Empire, 
There's no way that the brotherhood could just go, all is forgiven and welcome back. And oh, and by the way, we're, you're going to be our leader now after all the bad shit he's done? No, cer- I, yeah, no, certainly it would be nuanced. His redemption would be new. And I don't think it would put him in a position of leading. Eric, and I don't, I, I actually don't cough, think. Cough, Anakin Skywalker, cough, cough. Killing children and, and finding redemption? Come on. Listen, you know, the, yeah, we can talk about you that. You walked into that doorway. Uh, so th- does Padme actually believe that he did it? She's the only one that knows. She's the only one she does who knows. Because it breaks her hard enough to kill her. At the same time, love is blind, right? So th- this is kind of she, what we're talking about. To her, it's hearsay, though. Obi-Wan That's what I mean. Watches the film footage. Oh yeah, yeah. I, so I thought we were talking about the uh, the Tuscan village thing here. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about the Youngling Killer Nine Thousand. Yeah. Yeah, but by that time, he's yeah. not. But he's not Anakin Skywalker anymore. He's Darth Vader. I mean. So He's not coming back from that. He doesn't come back from that until until death. And that's when the redemption happens, in death. Right. And technically, he's saving his child. That's right. So in Return of the Crosshairs Jedi. could technically do it by saving Omega. You know, sure. Sacrifice. Play. But again, to, to play into the trope, it's most effective uh, if it's a heroic, you're going out. Might yeah. as well go out like a hero. Because yeah, if you no don't... Agreed. Well, if you want to talk about this, the story like cyclically, if 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 we're looking at these two characters, like if we're looking at Hunter, or, is that Hunter? Yeah, it's, it's Hunter and Crosshair. Crosshair. Crosshair is meeting his maker when when Hunter is having his meeting with the goddess. Like they're at different points in their story, and they might be quickly converging on that climax point, but yeah. they are clearly at different points in their story. So you got to figure only one of them is going to survive this. That that just just stylistically, that's the only thing that makes sense. We've only we've, one uh, of the two of them. We've talked about this before, and and I think there's actually a third option here. Is that you know, it's it's a combination of the two. Not, and nobody has to die for this option to to take effect. Is that Crosshair could have his redemptive arc in the sense that he saves Hunter. And he helps the clones in the in the uprising or or the calling, but at the end, in his own humility, he recognizes the evil that he's done, and he goes off on his own alone. Yeah, and I, I actually, quest. while you were saying that, I, I thought of a fourth option. Yeah, and that's yeah. the ever forgiving nature of Omega. Yep, and Omega could be the thing that goes, you know, not literally, but yes, he killed children. Yes, he did this. Yes, he's been hunting us. Also, yes, he deserves our, he's our brother, and it wasn't his fault. Well, they yeah. said it way back right? in so, what episode was not going to be your fault. Something bad yeah. about it. Yeah, she it's does. Not going it's to be not your fault. fault. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, you know, that there's, that's not lost either. Plus like, the like, whole, you know, we've talked about, we talked about it last week and how the last couple of episodes, it's like Omega says and they do. And it's like, it's, it's like, what, yeah. what's going on there? Why is all, why does she have so much clout all of a sudden? No, I think that's fair. And, that, and then even a it fifth scenario a, is there's your leader there, although not ready yet, but reluctant. And, re, well, and, and then of course mean? the best Filling heroes are always the, the reluctant ones, right? Or the right. reluctant leaders tend Command to Command is generally thrust upon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People who shine at it because the, the, you know, whether it's the pressure or the. Forced to rise to the. Occasion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, statistically, people don't rise to the occasion. They 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 sink to their training. But I I, I agree with the tropic. Like, if 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 you're gonna have a leader, you gotta pick someone who doesn't want it. You know what I mean? That that is just so ubiquitous across all of fiction that 
I don't. It's almost made itself real. Under that pretense, I don't think there's anybody in the squad that wants it. I think you know, and that again, Echo would be reluctantly would be the one to step up and to be. Well, I'm going to do. I'm going to hook up with Rex. You guys can come with me if you want, but I'm out. And it I might think even that's... be the idea in the back of someone's head that they want it. But in terms of, you know, just I have different ideas than Hunter, but I don't want it that way. To, to sort of to lose Hunter and then yeah, take, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. I I would. I'll take the lead in this mission, guys. But not. I don't want to lead the group if Hunter's dead. No, so, no. You know what I mean. That's a whole yeah. other level of well, having to step into boots. Two out of the three directions that we've talked about. Will end up with if 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 it is Echo or if it's Gregor. Yeah, they're going to end up. Okay, let's go go hang with Rex. It's that's very true. Which that's very true. Well, we know that from where we pick up Gregor's story in Rebels that the three of them, Rex, Gregor, and Wolf, are living together. So we still have that un. There's a veil there where we don't know. The in between. Yeah, so th- this is Rogue One syndrome. Could could Gregor be a reluctant leader of Clone Force ninety nine? I suppose so. And I mean, in the whole line about uh, I got blown up, <laughs> I can survive. He's a little uh, he's a little crazy too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, which does set up a good arc for your next season. It's like, is this guy's a little nuts? Can we trust him? Oh, he's gaining our trust, and then something happens, and then right, they have right. to change and adapt. And I think there's a bigger, you know. Just to, to, to touch on the, um, on, on the bigger picture here, uh, going back to those six kids, I think that, you know, that's just a way of telling us, like, we know, like, uh, during Order 66, not all Jedi were instantly wiped out. Some of them survived. We know uh, yeah. people like uh, our big players, Ahsoka Tano, Cal Kestis. Uh, Obi-Wan. Yeah, Yoda. so we know that there are survivors. So presumably, the idea that these six kids were leaving there are other clones out there in the galaxy. And if anything, we saw with Hauser that clones have morality. The, they have morality and they have the capability to defy an order. He can't be the only one. So no. there, there has to be other clones out there who are struggling with the programming. Well, Rex the, said it. He says, you know, it's rare, but they are out there. Right. So, you know, they're... It's the whole Jedi. It parallels the whole Jedi thing all over again, where these guys are out there. So, still a lot more stories to be told. Yeah, it's true. And there is another. There's another thing too, like that. It might lead us to think that the entire uh, entirety of Clone Force ninety nine is gone by the time we hit A New Hope, because in the Marvel comics, yep, Vader has a Task Force ninety nine. Oh, really? It's made up of seven special forces stormtroopers that he personally trains in fact he teaches their leader sergeant creel to, to wield the lightsaber oh cool and he sends creel having been personally trained by vader with a lightsaber to scour the galaxy for luke right in fact, right right luke and creel have several lightsaber duels actually interesting, throughout interesting. the canon comics yeah, so, yeah yeah they're also called scar squadron uh and i think that's uh from the uh squadrons video game i think too oh uh you know what you might be right uh so there's you know there is other there's other connective tissue going on there and and we might be coming to a a point there too where some of the other media is going to come back into it certainly we've we've seen vader in every other iteration of of this story and if we're just in another chapter of that story it's not a stretch to to have vader dip in and out and then have this 
simultaneous 99 group, you know. You know, we have some things that are going on in in, uh, in the canon where we know that the clones weren't immediately phased out. And we know that, you know, certain clones, i.e. the Purge Troopers, were actually used right up until they presumably expired, whether it was through combat or other means. But not every clone was like, you're out. They They did keep some of them, so... What about that transition from the 501st Legion to uh, Vader's fist? Right. You know? Yeah, that's an, that's another good point. And, and, yeah. and probably uh, Task Force 99 being cherry picking. Yeah, yeah. You know, a, a crazy what if in my head has always been what if Rex joined, joined Vader's fist? <laughs> you, know, you know, like that Ooh. changes the entirety of doesn't everything it, though, that yeah. moves forward after that. Like Rebels doesn't happen. No, no, no. That's an interesting theory, given the relationship that between Anakin and Rex throughout right, the entire right. Clone War. Right, Vader yeah. comes right up to Rex and says, "Hey, I still need you." Then I still think happens? there's room for like if we're going to go around and we're going to Morpheus all of the uh, the clones, all of the named ones anyway. I still have hope that we're going to get some resolution to uh, Cody. You uh, know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, when I first watched the episode, texted Lauren uh, Gregor. She's like. I would have rather Cody, but Gregor's good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she literally yeah. said that. And yeah, I mean, that would be nice. But uh, we all saw Cody shoot at Obi-Wan. I don't think there's any. There's some rumor that we might get a Cody appearance in uh, the Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. would be okay. I'd be satisfied uh, with that. They've confirmed uh, an actor, I can't recall his poor gentleman's name, but that will be playing the uh, fifth brother as oh. an Inquisitor in the show. Is that actually confirmed now? Confirmed. Confirmed. Okay, that's cool because I know that was the big rumor was like we might get live action Inquisitors and I love that. Yeah, and they they oh. cast a, a martial arts actor. That's uh, I sweet. I can't recall his name. Super sweet. I'm super stoked about that. Well, we are on a uh, collision course with the season finale, yeah. and uh, looks like those early early rumors of a clone uprising, or as I I actually prefer the term calling Hank. I think that's what we're building towards is that uh, these thousand troops that are now uh, presumably fully trained on, uh, on what's the name of this planet? Darrow. Darrow. I think that they're, uh, they're on a collision course to the, whatever's left of the cloning facility on Camino, and that's where our season is going to wrap. That's what I think. Yeah, anyway. I think there's a big pitched battle that uh, you know, would be on the levels of galactic you know, like, uh, like stories, but we yep. just never heard. Yeah. This story yeah. Yet. Yeah. I, I think that's where we're going. And like you say, from the beginning of the episode, you got three star destroyers parked outside your door. That sends a very clear message. Yeah. <laughs> so, true. Uh, as our episode ends here, you know, the screen switches back to Hunter. It does. Yeah. And he's not happy. <laughs> no, he is clearly <laughs> so, not happy. Uh, we're not in a happy place going on to the next one, but no. uh, it does fade to black. So, yeah, not a not a not a cut this week, just a, a fade out. So yeah. that's right. But the sound effects continue for a couple they do. seconds. Yeah, they do. They do. So sound was a huge uh, huge thing this week, where like it really uh, took us back to 1977 and really mm-hmm. made us take a like, oh yeah, we are definitely getting closer uh, to what we what we all know and love in Star Wars and. So the other thing is, we've and we've mentioned this before on our show, is about the speed with which the Emperor is moving to get this new order established. I always thought it was a, something that was long and drawn out, because as I said before, 
we see the last remnant of the Imperial Senate swept away in the original Star Wars. So, it, you know, in my mind, oh, it's taken you 19 years to get to where you are, but like here yeah. we are. No, that there's... literally might be the hardest part because that you know you've 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 cleared out all the underbrush. And yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. Chopping the heads off. I guess. Right. Wouldn't you start there though? Like, wouldn't you want to eliminate? Well, your they. I mean, rivals? a little bit they did when they. I mean, he he had Vader go around and chop the heads off of all the people that were formerly the in di- command. The, the dissonance or the, yeah, that's right? true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, starting with Dooku. That's right. Yeah. With Dooku. yeah, yeah, yeah. When when you're pulling weeds, you don't start by chopping the heads off. You you pull it. Pull the, the roots. roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we see like how fast they are moving. Clearly, like infrastructure you, you've got a secret base built in like what where'd that come from and yeah. you're you know we're weeks after order 66 and we're already transitioning to classic you gotta Storm think Trooper. a lot of this was was in the, was in play yeah secretly put in place and activated and taking place behind well, I mean, if he could pull off if we saw him pull off like you know infinite star destroyers and an exegol in 35 years yeah yeah this yeah, isn't yeah, that yeah. crazy a stretch no no neither yeah absolutely and it's the whole eric and i were talking about this yesterday like you know that you do you really believe that Death Star 2 was built in the three three years between Star Wars and Return of the Jedi? No, they were being built simultaneously. They got halfway got through it. Death Star 1 and were like, well, we've we need another these one. five things that we need to improve. That's right. We need Let's another one. I was a kid, That's even better. And I saw the first sort of magazine images. Uh, I, I think I was in a shopper's drug with my dad. And I remember looking through a magazine, Return of the Jedi, yeah. Revenge of the Jedi at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And there was this, uh, just a, a picture of the unfinished Death Star Death floating Star over the Endor. Two. Two, and I... I had literally thought in my head, my head cannon was that that is what survived the explosion. of the original. Oh yeah, and I yeah, thought it yeah, was just yeah, yeah, half yeah. of it blown off, and this was what was left. What was left, and they were going to re, you know. I would have really thought that. I would have bought into that. I definitely, yeah. as a kid, I'd have bought into that for sure. We're I, just going to rebuild right. it. My first thoughts were that they blew half. Of, you know that that explosion. Yeah, I was, but, you know, but then it can't be so bigger. It wasn't a total. Lo- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It can't be twice the size. It can't be twice the size yeah, if yeah. we just rebuild off the same thing. Well, this is it. <laughs> cool. So, uh, yeah, that's our episode. Some and... some very cool Star Wars news, guys. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been following it, but uh, there's it. a YouTuber, a YouTuber called Shamuk. I don't know his real name. That's oh his yeah, YouTube yeah. Handle. So yeah, you're right. Um, I know the news you're talking about. And We've... so he he's he's done a few deep fakes. He's our uh, YouTube deep fake guy. Right, and yeah. he redid the the Luke Skywalker and the Mandalorian. Yeah. He had redone Tarkin and uh, Leia from from Rogue One. Uh, Rogue One, yeah. and now he has been hired by ILM. That's pretty awesome. That uh, that's pretty awesome as their chief facial animation head of something. I yeah. mean, uh, so it, this just tells me that we're going to get plenty of. Uh, and I, you know, when I say live action Luke Skywalker, it's that's almost like a a, a gloss term for. We might see Han Solo pop up now. We might see, you know, like a, a kid of that caliber and that talent gets recognized. It's almost like when, when the, the kid who used to hack pizzas in the 80s yeah, gets yeah, scooped yeah, yeah. up by the RCMP and you never right, see him right, again. Right, right. You know, it's it's kind of like that. And, and Hello, and actually, CIA knocking. You can come and work for right, us or go to right, jail. Right, right. Yeah, we don't want you working against us. You might as well work for us. That's right. Yeah. But it, it, for me, it's a huge bobber in the water that we're going to get more next level yeah 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 
absolutely tech in our and why not i mean uh, there's so much between uh this era of star wars to classic era and and all of the connectivity in between you know as much as you know and you can you can take whatever position you want on whether you're for or against you know the use of of deceased actors but like I've known and believed firmly for like at least the last 20 years that there would come a time where, you know, it won't matter alive or dead. We'll be able to make a movie with anybody you want just from digitally inserting them. And here we are. Even eventually you could probably just type in and have some computer AI. Oh my God. At some point that's, yeah, we'll probably get there. You can have Harrison Ford acting with Humphrey Bogart and being in the African. That's right. But also Jones at the same time. You know, yeah. by that time, um, our heads will all be in jars. Yeah. <laughs> Some other nerd news. I don't know if you guys want to weigh in this, but uh, what do you guys think about this? Uh, Scarlett Johansson suing Disney for $50 million. I applaud her for sticking to her guns and defending her contract. You can't break a contract. It's not about no. and, yeah, the thing I've seen. The, the naysayers are, you know, there's another millionaire who's just, you know, you know, sticking their paddle. In She's the, water. the ninth pay. highest paid actor of all time now good for her uh i think it's irrelevant to the to her story certainly it's irrelevant to her legal case her legal case is breach of contract and that's what she's pursuing and uh i'll just say this in the in the the hollywood uh casting couch culture which we know is still existent if she doesn't fight this it just sends yeah. a message to corporate hollywood that they can just do continue to abuse. do whatever the hell they it's, want it's right. true the rebuttal is 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 the strangest part for me the rebuttal from disney saying that it's unfounded uh, well that she received her 20 million agreed upon and yeah. that, that there's still there's still a percentage of revenue linked to it yeah and that she stands to make more money from streaming revenue than she ever would have from singularly being linked to yeah, interesting. But she, and I gotta str- wonder if part of it is because she's blaming the decision yeah. that Disney put it on two platforms simultaneously, making it easy for us all to access it from home. That's right. So my we're, comment we're on directly that. directly the result of the $80 million that it did domestically, which is just trash. Yeah, yeah. My comment yeah. on that, and what I understand of this contract is very limited and only what I've read on, on the, the publicly available stuff yeah, online. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, me too. But my understanding is that sh- her contract was that she gets a percentage of box office sales, which right. does not include streaming, because box office means physical media. Box so, office and- doesn't mean digital. I, I agree with you there, but then I, I had to ask myself, having watched the movie day one and spent the 39 and going... Me too. Um, would it have made a billion dollars in the box office? I, if it wasn't Here's what happens with Endgame, and this is my theory. Here's what happens with The Force Awakens or any of these movies that are that get kicked into that next level category. Is that yeah, I go yeah. to see it on opening night, and then I'm like, hey, Wes, this movie was awesome. You got to come with me. And we go to see it the next night. And then I'm like, Andy, Wes, let's go see that movie. And then you take your mom and you take your kids and you see that movie five, six times. I'll say this but much. Um, this movie is not worth watching twice. I'm real sore. <laughs> you know what? And I, and I agree with you on some level that it is not, it is not the, the usual Marvel fare. But in that, there's the key. It is a... Marvel movie. And had we've not been in the middle of a pandemic, had it have been business as usual, that movie could have been made with a $3 budget and it would have made hundreds of millions of dollars in opening weekend. Had we've had the access to theaters that we are 
normally accustomed to. I, I have two points to make on this. The, fir the first is that theaters are, for most of North America, which is what we as a group are generally talking about, Yep. for most of North America, theaters are just opening up. So if it had been just released in theaters, I think it would have drawn more people out. But because people had an option to stay at home and watch it, that, that that might have split the dollars a little more. It'll be an interesting story to follow once we get the final box office numbers. Yeah. Because, you know, they always bank on that. Wait until the Chinese market gets their numbers in, right? So that's yet to come. Well, the other problem with that is none of the streaming services ever share their numbers. No, they don't have to. They don't have to. No, they don't. Um, no. But, but my second point is, this character is dead now. Yeah. There will be no more Natasha Romanov, Scarlett Johansson. It's it's done. Unless they bring her in for flashbacks or memories. Well, they don't have to. They can, they've got... They can uh, deepfake her in. They, no, they, they don't, don't need to. Do that. <laughs> they've they've got literally Leonard, opened they've, the door to a multiverse of possibilities. That's yeah. right. And if you want to stick to the uh, the last uh, 20 films and you want to stick with that continuity, we've got Yenna Belova, who is a Black Widow. Yeah. So so if... if Black if I, Widow is just a title now. It's not a person anymore. If I'm Scarlett Johansson and I've been making however many millions of dollars off of this character for however many years... Yeah. And then on the last time I get to play this character, the guy that I've got the contract with screws me over. Yeah. You better bet your ass I'm going to fight it. I don't blame her for So good for, for her. All, no. Like, they, they broke their contract. You can't let Hollywood get away with crap like this. Well, the funny thing is now, you know, you, she is saying that they have broken the contract. But a judge is going to tell us what... Really what actually happened. what yeah. their interpretation is that's right at the end of the day i i feel really bad for her uh, as bad as i can feel for a millionaire <laughs> um what's funny what I, I, can i just add something to this story mm, because mm. 24 hours later less than 24 hours later gerard butler is now suing for revenues over oh. olympus has fallen for the same really? reason yes really yeah, saw yeah an additional rumor to that though <laughs> emma stone is considering it on cruella <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, you can do that? I guess so, so, yeah. I just none none of those three movies are billion dollar movies. No, Olympus like, has even, fallen. Come on. Even even in the heyday of theaters, even five yeah, years yeah, ago, yeah. those aren't billion dollar generating movies. No, no. And I realize you probably if the contract is actually you get a percentage of, of theater revenue, then yeah, you probably took a hit. But you're not taking. You're, we're not talking hundred million dollar hit. We're talking. No, we're no. talking. The margins are very small. Well, here, um, here's if the it head... is just about sticking up for an actor's rights, it's a bold choice because now nobody's ever going to associate. Especially if she wins, no one's ever going to associate her with Black Widow. They're going to associate her with a lawsuit. The person that sued right, the movie right. industry and won. Uh, and that's sort of unfortunate. I, I didn't read the article, but I did see the headline that's very suggestive that Kevin Feige is supportive that. He actually did not want a streaming release of Black Widow. So when the when the head of your studio kind of throws that out publicly, I wonder what the ramifications are for him. The uh, the headline on that story as of 1 hour ago is Hollywood's shift to streaming is rewriting the script for Star's big payday. Yeah, it sure is, yeah. Oh, and we've been saying that for a bit even in the podcast that this is this, this there's a new culture like Yeah, uh, it is. 10 years ago 10 years ago given the option to to go to a theater or, or to, watch at to home. pay a higher rate at watch at home, I would have gone to the theater every time. Me too. Uh, I'm not interested in sitting in a hot, sticky theater with a whole bunch of other people sitting in every other seat with a mask on for two hours. I'm just not interested anymore. When movie tickets were uh, sub $10, I'm at the theater as many seven times a week. 
I used to go every Sunday. Yeah, I, every yeah, Sunday yeah, for like thing. twenty years. Same I went, thing. not even on cheap day, because it was a it was a seven dollar and fifty cent event. I right? lived in like, a living in a small town with less than three thousand people, and having a single screen movie theater meant summers were spent in the movie theater because right, you probably saw every movie that went through. Every yeah, I did. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when when the Port Bolster Drive In was open. Yeah, I yeah, saw exactly. Every single exactly. movie that played there. Yeah. For fifteen years. Yeah, same thing for me. So, yeah, I agree with you. Given the choice, I had to go to the theater. But now I'm at a point in my life where, yeah, I mean, experience has changed. A $30 premium, uh, a premium access movie is a bargain for me when my wife and I have a 45 minute drive to the nearest theater that's worth going to. Right. And you wrap that around a meal time for times two, snacks times two. Right, 30, you're talking about a hundred dollar night. Thirty bucks is a bargain for me to be Nothing. able to watch, and I could sit comfortably, put my broken foot up with a bong in my lap. And the best, kids. so even better though, like so, like <laughs> when we've done premium access or whatever it's called for the other streamers uh, several times this year. Um, and props to Disney uh, for this aspect of of it is like, for example, Wonder Woman. We we rented Wonder Woman and we got a 24 hour window. Black Widow, I paid for it once. I've it's it's open to me as many times. I can watch it forever. Forever. Forever, forever. forever. Yeah, as it's, long as I just, maintain yeah, my subscription. It literally says unlock now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So, and that we, that's another thing that we have to sort of examine deeply because we don't own any of these physical themes, any things anymore. No. Uh, and, I mean, there's still a DVD culture, Blu-ray culture. Certainly, I, yeah. I put out a physical Do you ever CD read the fi- to, On purpose, I put out a physical CD to counteract that kind of idea. Do you ever read the fine that, print on your video games or your movies? Right. You have we a are, license. We are paying for the right to stream them and that they can revoke that right regardless of our revenue at any time. You go to the store and you buy a physical copy of the newest badass video game. You don't don't own that game. You own a license to play it there's a reason Privately. I buy action figures and just don't collect photographs. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, on my yeah, hard yeah, drive, yeah, yeah. Right, that's right. And and so, like as a physical guy, like the, uh, as a collector, I'm I, I I don't like the fact that I'm paying for ones and zeros in the ether. Yeah. Even if you say I own them. But you don't. That's that was my point. What my point was like where media is concerned is you you don't you never own the media. You own, never own you it. own a right to consume it. That is it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And if that's not like the biggest sort of kick in the pants, like work, produce, consume. I don't know. I think there's two sides of the story, and you as an artist can appreciate it. Where you want to own your own, you want to own your music. You don't want the record company to own your music. Do you know right. what I mean? Like where just mm-hmm. control is, con- is concerned. So that's right. Yeah. Well, this is you one know. of the latest things to come up with uh, digital artists. Yeah. They are selling those ones and zeros. Oh, the and friggin, you um, get basically like a certificate saying, yeah, I own the yeah, original yeah. ones own, and zeros. Yeah. yeah the, near, but, the near field things on images, you could yeah. literally like what take a they? dick pic and, and turn it into a PNG Jesus. and get $20,000 for it. What are they it's actually non-fungible assets or whatever they're called. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. NFTs or NFAs or whatever they're called. Yeah. And they're actually going for millions of dollars in yeah. auctions ridiculous. and of that nature. Because yeah. I own this. This one. Mm-hmm. It's me. It's mine. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this yeah. is my, you this can is my view Shiba you can... Inu meme. And if you're going to use it, I'm going to derive revenue from yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We're kind of getting into a whole other podcast here, guys. That's true. <laughs> that is true. That but is to bring true. us back with a Star Wars meme that came up this week. All right. Let's have it. Hit me. Uh, NASA wants to turn a crater in the moon into a giant Earth uh, telescope. <laughs> so uh, we can see where that's going. Good. I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. Good. Do it. That's pretty funny. <laughs> so uh, that's all I got this week. Wicked that's it colors. for me, too. I, I have nothing else to, to add this week. There wasn't anything earth shattering in the toy news that I could uh, come up with this week. 
although the Clone Wars wave of the Black Series is starting to hit slowly Canadian, trickling out, start, starting to hit Canadian uh, Toys R Us. So keep your and eyes. My, uh, I got to get over there this weekend. But every single EB Games I went to sure. during the week was already gone. All the the uh, novelization figure. figures, no, the, yeah. the the, the yeah, Maul, yeah, yeah. the the Luke, the the Jacks, the all gone, 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 gone. I Toys R Us still has of, a bunch. Uh, the days of the hunt are, uh, it's changing. The, the landscape is changing. And, and again, pandemically driven. Uh, I mean, find your favorite online e-tailer and uh, develop a relationship <laughs> the, with them because yeah. that's kind and of this is, Support your yeah, small business owners. Get yeah. your pre-orders I, in. It wasn't even that long ago that you could go into a store with a bunch of money and then go, oh, I have to, I have to figure out yeah, which one of these I want more. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, now yeah. it's like. I go in hoping there's something I, <laughs> I can buy. Like, like, got well, I've I only want. got three of those. I might as well get another one while I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. All right, guys, we got uh, we got two more, and uh, man, if this is any indication, if this is the ramp up to the finale, I don't know. I, I may have to, I may have to take a sedative to watch the finale if it keeps going man. at that speed. Man. All right, so yeah, next week. Same format next week. Andy, you're going to take the reins next week because my wife and I are away, which brings us to the finale, which I should be back in form for the finale, and we should have a uh, a pretty good all-around discussion on that. But I want to drop it now and get everybody's uh, sort of in the mindset. When we come to do, because we got two more episodes, but we are, going to, we are going to have three more fan batch episodes. So we're going to do the next episode, we're going to do the finale, and then we're going to do our season in review, our retrospective, and we're going to do it as a live stream. Excellent. So if you're following us on uh, Facebook, you'll be able to follow us on the Facebook page, the Fandom Power page. You'll also find us on the Fandom Power uh, podcast fan group and right here on the Sawcast Productions YouTube channel. So... That should be at our regular accustomed time. So for anybody who's been following the show, the live stream will be 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. Uh, so three weeks from now. Let me just put a date on that because I want to. I don't want to give out the wrong information. So make sure it's the right day. Saturday. <laughs> yeah, thank you, sir. I, that's a good. That's a good point. Saturday. So we are the. Uh, what are we today? This is the thirty first. It's the thirty first. So we got another Ooh. episode on the seventh. The finale will be on the fourteenth. So Saturday. The twenty. Saturday, August twenty first at eleven a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be live streaming our uh, season in review. And will we still have a version of that episode on the streaming platform? The review for audio. Uh, yeah. So we can actually record that uh, audio that would be nice. while so we're doing we, it. Yeah. yeah, we have a few fans that just don't interact with us visually. So no, that's cool. fine. So just remember when we do the live stream, uh, for those of you who are, are following the live stream, make sure that you are signed in to your platform of choice because once you are signed in, we will be able to take your comments and questions live throughout the stream. So hope mm -hmm. to see you there in uh, three weeks' time. Yep. All right, that's it for me. Thanks right. for having me, boys. Thanks for Thanks joining for us, here. Always a pleasure, Eric. Cheers. Take us away, Andy. So, uh, till next time. Same batch time. Same, same batch, batch channel. channel. Bye for now. Bye for now, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production.
Have you ever wanted to start a podcast, but you didn't know where to begin? Maybe you'd like to try podcasting without having to invest in any recording equipment. Do you have an idea for a show, but you're not sure how to develop it? Let Sawcast Productions take care of all of that so you can focus on what it is you want to say. Sawcast Productions offers podcasting solutions ranging from recording and basic editing to fully produced episodes complete with all the audio embellishments of a broadcast quality show. When your show is ready, Sawcast Productions can distribute it too. Contact us online today. So, what do you want to say? <laughs>